The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Thanks for downloading the Sunranto Show. You can listen early and ad-free if you subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto and join the 103 other super ranters who subscribed at patreon.com slash sunranto. There are perks at every level. Please join today and become a super ranter and support Cubs podcasting. Here's the show. Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old self years out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunranto. With Michael. Sunranto. And Crawley. Sunranto and the lovable loser. Sunranto. With Michael. Sunranto. And Crawley. Sunranto and the lovable losers. Sunranto. Hey, bienvenidos a El Sonrento Show, or otherwise known as Hijo Gritando. I, I was wondering, how do you say Sonrento in Spanish? I know Hijo is son, and then uh, I mean yelling is like gritando. That's kind of like ranting. I don't know if there's a special word for rant. I, I think we're good on it. I think you Discutando. got it Gritando. That's disgusting. Why don't you just, you, you can continue to use son, which is like R, right? What are you talking Our about? Our ranting. What I have no idea what you're talking about. You've so, lost like, me so early in no, the isn't show, the word is it the word son? Like as you're talking, it's the article R, like A R E. R? Yeah, like the word R A R E. All right, let's let's get away yeah. from uh, No, is that what that means? Michael, Michael you're not making any sense. Lay off the brown ass. I mean, you're I'm making to explain I'm, it to me off camera because we got a lot to get okay. through. You're I know so, what he's saying, but it's going to take too long to go through it. No one's here for this. <laughs> yeah, no, no one's here for that. I, but this show is brought to you by our 105 Patreon supporters. We got a new one this week, fellas. Uh, welcome Woo. to Seth, who just pledged on. If you want to know more about how you can support the Sunranto show and there are perks at every level, go to patreon.com uh, slash Sunranto. And big news. Um, Cubs caroling in only three days. I want to just uh, say that right at the beginning of the show. I'm dropping a link here in the chat from uh, an article I wrote for Cubs Insider. Uh, and uh, three days, we're, I'm, I'm finalizing the best Cubs carols of the 2021-22 uh, offseason. And it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. I've been writing up a storm because so much has changed. Like I was writing all these songs that were all negative about the Cubs, that we weren't signing anybody, that everything sucked. And and then I had to totally change my tune. Uh, I had songs about how Ricketts is a cheap ass, and then I had to turn it into something else because uh, he's not as cheap as he once was. So come on out. Well, I and- was uh, I was down at Wrigley this weekend, and I already gave some of the bars the heads up. I said we're coming. Yeah, because it's the same day as T Box, which is a 
drunken uh, festival of youth that runs through Wrigleyville, throwing yeah. up on everything. That was the first thing. They all looked at me and they're like, you know, it's T-Bots. I'm like, hey, we're going to be around like closer to six. And he's like, okay, that's – yeah. That, at the end, that's just the, the, the last of the hanger-ons that are still alive. Yeah. Uh, Rick Comparator writes in, he's he's still cheap. I agree. <laughs> I agree. The man's a billionaire. He should spend buy us a team like the Dodgers. Um, and also, I just want to make a quick announcement of what we're going to be doing next week. We don't want to talk about the lockout every week. It's freaking annoying. So we're going to have a special guest on the show next Wednesday. So drum roll, please. Glendon Rush is coming Woo. on and talk with us about what it is to be a Chicago Cub and a, a pitcher in the major leagues. And we'll have all sorts of uh, questions to ask him. And, uh, in fact, why don't you, I'll put up a thread on the Sun Ranto Ranchers page on Facebook. You've got questions for Glendon. Uh, why don't we uh, – uh, we'll take some from you guys too. So, and he's, he's, a, he's a great Twitter follow too if you're not following Glendon Rush. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. So, uh, just I want to blow through some Cubs news real quick. We're going to talk ab- about, uh, you know, just some transactional things. Talk a little bit about the noise that Clint Frazier's been making on Twitter. Uh, Bryant coming back. There were rumors of that. The lockout, there is a little bit of news I want to talk about. And also, uh, the big news, as Michael said at the top of the show, Buck O'Neill, uh, Minnie Mignoso have been elected to the Hall of Fame, and uh, that is no small thing. If you've been following the show for a while, you know it's something that, along with a lot of other people, we've been beating the drum on. So we'll talk all about that. Carlio, give us a uh, John Vincent re- uh, show review, and we'll play a couple of uh, Rancher Cubs Miss Carols as well. Um, so uh, let's start with – let's start here. Cubs are stockpiling lefties, as you do. They took a uh, um, in the minor league rule five draft. I mean, God, this is lockout news for you, fellows. In the minor league, uh, 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 minor league rule five draft, they got lefty Condor, Connor Menez, and he's like uh, soft tossing lefty, relies on a slider. Um, he's out of options, so he's going to have to remain on the squad. That's probably why the Giants were willing to part with him because they knew they probably didn't have room for him. And um, also they got a guy, uh, they did a minor league deal with a guy named Steven Gonsalves from the Twins. And uh, he, he's compiled in eight mi- uh, minor league seasons a 273 earned run average. He started to kind of a back into the rotation lefty as well. Uh, Ten strikeouts per nine. Uh, in the minors, and that's pretty good. Had a cup of coffee with the Red Sox and Twins. He's 27, so he hasn't really broken through yet. So I, you know, it's you can't have too much lefty depth, even if it is minor league deals going on. Uh, I don't know if this Menez guy is going to stick up, but hey, man, lefties—that's a commodity. Uh, that that goes along with Lock St. John, who I just brought him up because he's a lefty, and we talked about him last week. And his name is Lock St. John. People, it's incredible. So uh, how are you guys feeling about what, uh, I mean, not really much to say. Did that move the needle for you? <laughs> nope, not at all. Not one <clears throat> bit. Now, the one interesting uh, transactional bit of news is the Michael Hermosillo news, which we reported last week along with everybody else, that Michael Hermosillo had been uh, let go, non-tendered, uh, off the team, and then uh, then they just gave him a major league contract instead. He was, he was also, I believe, out of options as well. 
uh, which is what resulted in his non-tender. But now he he uh, draws a real. Now he's just in a really crowded outfield, trying to trying to get a gig. So um, yeah, I was a little surprised by the by the actual major league contract and not just the invitation to spring training or a minor league deal with, you know, that sort of thing. Like, you know, sometimes, sometimes you can sneak a guy through and other times, you know, what's going to happen is a bunch of other guys are going to jump on it. And I think that they, the Cubs just kind of were like, it's not going to cost that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I saw the, there was a Bleacher Nation article about how the Dodgers actually reached out to, and with other teams as well mm-hmm. to yeah. Michael Hermosillo and wanted to offer him a minor league deal as well. And, uh, and Michael Hermosillo kept the Cubs in the loop about all that. And so they decided to offer them. They have the room. They've got the well, money. That makes sense. Good, good for him leveraging those other teams with the minor league. It's like, nope, give me the major league and I'll stay here. That's awesome. Yeah, the weird thing about it to me is you now you look at this outfield, and this is your they all 40. look the same to me. Yeah, they all are they all are gray. <laughs> They're all completely gray, and uh, they have no face, which is a which is a weird thing. I've never seen an outfield with no what, face. What, wasn't that like the video for another brick in the wall part two, where all the <laughs> yeah. kids are marching and shit into the meat grinder? Oh, they had the freaky. Yeah, those are <laughs> freaky faces. Well, this, I want to see those. This outfield definitely can't have their pudding without eating their meat. That's, that's for fucking. How terrible. could you? How could you have your pudding if you don't eat your meat? <laughs> but listen to this forty-man uh, outfield. Now, all these guys aren't going to be on the t- on the team. They'll probably all be at spring trading, though, um, if there is one. Uh, Alexander Canario. Uh, he's probably not. He, he's somebody we got for Chris Bryant. He's probably a little bit away from the majors, but he's on the 40 men protected. He's very good. Greg Dykeman, who they just signed basically to have somebody to back up Anthony Rizzo before they got Schwindel. Uh, was he involved in a trade? I don't remember, but he plays also an outfielder. Clint Frazier. Yeah, yeah. Dykeman was part of a trade to the Braves. I thought he was from the A's. Maybe. So he might've been part of that, uh, that, uh, uh, the, um, Oh, freaking, what's his name? The reliever, <laughs> the Rod Beck, you know. Rod Beck, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It came came from. Uh, how, how soon I forget everybody's name uh, after they're off the, the team. The failed reliever. God the failed damn reliever. It. Yeah, Are you talking about Chafin? Chafin, yeah. Chafin. Chafin, how do you forget Chafin? Well, <laughs> Everything that's happened, it's like. I, yeah. It's, I just it's, don't even want to think about last season. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because Chafin's actually one of my TFCs, so it, I even forgot about him. So, so Chafin <laughs> traded for AAA outfielder Greg Dykeman and low A right-handed starting pitcher Daniel Palencia. Yeah, yeah, that was it. And then uh, you had, and then you got Clint Frazier, who they just got from the Yankees, and he probably will be out there. So he's definitely making the team. Ian Happ. He's was offered a contract, so he'll be out there. Then you got Michael Hermosillo, Hayward, which we don't know what the hell's going to happen there. Uh, Rafael Ortega, Harold Ramirez, who they picked up from uh, the Guardians, and then Nelson Velasquez, who played his way onto the team, onto uh, the 40-man anyway, by his play down in Arizona in the Fall League. So that's a lot of outfielders filling out. I mean, I'm wondering if about they, – They will not all be there when they break spring, so just be aware of that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that assessment, and it's well, just like – And Dykeman was playing first base – 
at Triple A Iowa, so it could be that maybe he's the backup to Schwindel more so than an outfielder. I mean, I I really do think that you're going to see a hell of a lot more moves. I mean, I I I think you might see some trades. I mean, and it, and it would hope. I mean, it all depends on you know the lockout and when that ends and stuff, and the flurry of activity that will happen after that. But you know, they're not going out there with a full team right now, even close. You know, so no. It's, it, you know, it's just, you were mentioning Clint Frazier and he's had himself an interesting week on Twitter, huh? Yeah, it's, he, it's, he's been fun. I like him, man. Like this guy, like instant cub for us, I feel, yeah. you know, do you get, I mean, first of all, he's a redhead and you know how we can be. We're a little oh, yeah. off. We're a little off kilter, a little disturbing. And, you know, that Clint Frazier, well, let me put up the tweet that he sent out. This is the first one. He, he tweets out, uh, f- First off, and there's a picture of him in a Cubs uh, uniform uh, that's, I guess, somebody photoshopped. First of off, these uniforms are so sick. I'm so excited to join the Cubs. One of the biggest reasons I chose to come here was the fan base and how electric you guys can be towards your players. I'll be just as electric for you guys, too. And here's the leaving my razor at home. Oh! So his plan is to grow back uh, this fro that he's got going, this curly, hot head of hair that he's got. Oh, uh, hot is right. And and he'll he'll never have to shave his chest again. I'm expecting tufts of chest hair coming out now that he's no longer a Yankee. Now, we joked about it a little bit, this this rumor that came out from Yankees reporters about wanting uh, number seven, Mickey Mantle's no, uh, number. And uh, he said, I'll be continuing to wear number 77 as well. I requested number seven, but unfortunately it was taken by Jan <laughs> Gomes, making, marking that the first time I ever asked for that number. Laugh emoji. <laughs> Hilarious. And then- now... Yankees fans got pissed about that too. <laughs> Again, like you know, they were pissed in the first place because they're so like tradition oriented and stuff. Like we are too, but like not like the Yankees. They're, no, they they were they're looking for a reason to hate him, and just this little minor like jab at them was enough. And so some Yankee fan sits there and says, uh, "I'm glad this dude isn't a Yankee anymore." And Clint Frazier writes back, "So am I." <laughs> you know, it's it's it is really funny. I mean, these guys, uh, a lot of this lockout stuff and whatever is talking about, you know, what's going on when they're young players. They don't have any ability to guide their own career through those first six years or whatever. They end up where they end up, you know, and you gotta gotta play there. And it sounds what? No, I mean, no, I was gonna agree with you. Oh, okay, yeah, but I mean, it just sounds like Frazier absolutely never wanted to be a Yankee, or when he got there and they started to tell him all the shit that he couldn't do, which, I mean, he knew. We, we've we've all been young, you know. I I was in the army and I had fucking long hair. You know what I mean? Like it was, it, it's hard to tell a youngster uh, what to do. Well, and I'm wondering, too, I had this idea today that maybe he is their Almora in a way, like just a young prospect, first-round pick, outfielder, 
didn't pan out, you know, was kind of frustrating on the field, I mean, whether it had to do with his concussion that led to his vision problems or whatever it is, but that it, a change of scenery. Now, Almora hasn't caught on anywhere, but uh, but a change of scenery might do this guy good. And he seems excited to come to Chicago. And you know the first-year curse of coming to Chicago, though. These guys end up coming, and they suck ass because they, they can't handle it. But, I mean, maybe this the red hair will will kind of counteract that and and kind of twist the narrative on that whole situation. But he's also he's also coming from New York. He's not coming from Kansas City or something. So right. he's not crowds. gonna get it he's not gonna be as overwhelmed. And here's the thing, sometimes especially like this never happened to Almora. Frazier just got off on the wrong foot and you can't you know, you can't make a second chance for a first impression, especially in a place like New York. So now he gets to relax, have some fun. You know Cub fans. I mean, like you saw what happened with Chafin and how much people loved him. It can be a very similar, uh, similar, uh, similar situation, and hopefully, like you said, change the scenery does him some good. He's having fun and enjoying baseball again. Hopefully, his health is good and he can he can do something. Yeah, yeah and I, I can love- see how Chafin is fun, but I, I like this. Uh, I like this Frazier sort of like, you know, fuck off Yankees feel more. Yeah. I'm all for it, except for when he ends up on, like, the Cardinals and he's like, fuck off Cubs, and we just find out that he's just one of these guys that runs around telling everybody to fuck off all the time. You know, <laughs> could be, could be. You know, people people don't change their uh, stripes. Pincus writes in, whose birthday's coming up on Saturday. Um, uh, Crawley, Clint can forge a great Almora. I like that. Uh, maybe I'll get Almora's autograph myself. <laughs> well, uh, I will say that his uh, fiance Kaylee, is a great follow for um, health tips. Oh, God. Yeah, check out the – Please I'm, tell me it's not I'm, – I'm, I'm smelling a situation. Oh, no. Please tell me it's yeah, not like I'm, we can use uh, crystals to ward off uh, – No, no. Kale, shit like kale. That. Kale. Her name's Kaylee, and she's into kale. And I was anti like, anti COVID kale. Yeah, I guess I don't know, but uh, it, it, she it talks a lot about uh, health on her on her uh, Instagram, and I think she's trying to start a business. So go support that. Uh, it's worth your time there. I'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and speaking uh, speaking of bu- speaking of business, yeah. what is the business with Chris Bryant rumors again? Look, guys, this is done. It's Trying to done. sell papers. You We're know, never yes. coming back. Right. Brent selling papers. Evan selling papers. This the is the athletic is selling papers. Uh, let's get a Bryant rumor going. Right, but clickbait. This, I mean, this, this was is bad breakup. Where the two are, they're they're trying to put on a good face. You know what I mean? Like they try to put on a good face. Oh no, we get along real real well. We we still like each other, but like behind closed doors, they're both like fuck them. I hate. Do you guys, do you guys remember like off season? John Heyman says Javi Baez coming back to Chicago. John oh. Heyman says Javi Baez front runner going to Chicago. All this shit. It ain't happening. Okay, so you don't have to click. You know that, right? So this happened on the podcast. This happened on some podcast, definitely not the longest-running podcast, about somebody heard something at Baskin-Robbins about Ferris Bueller's sister. Is uh, Chris Bryant wouldn't mind coming back. There's nothing to it. 
So guess what? It's not happening. It doesn't make sense for Chris Bryant, and it doesn't make sense for the Cubs. It does. If you if you were to have extended Chris Bryant, you would have wanted to look at something like a six year deal, which meant you probably wanted to sign him in 2018, so that it, it, you could build around him. You could still have a couple of the good years, and the last couple of years would be nothing. Why would you give him a six year deal now when at the end of that he's going to be 36? And not only that, it's like, now I'm not going to say that Patrick Wisdom's as good as KB because he's nowhere close. But I will say this. You have a serviceable third baseman at third right now. Uh, you know, and then you have, uh, and you'd rather, you love the upgrade, but where would you rather spend the money? At short when you really need somebody who can, you need a bat who can field. You need Correa. You just need somebody of that caliber. And if you were going to spend the money on somebody and the AAV was similar. I know the years will be a lot more, but the you know you build around Correa, buy out the rest of his career if you need to. He is that good, so get yeah. him now and build around that because that is a m- more important position than third base, where in between Ron Santo and and Ron Say and <laughs> Chris Bryant, there wasn't a lot in between. Oramis <laughs> Ramirez, I'll give you. Yeah, right? hey, Ram, like, come on. But that's about it. Look, I'll give you. I'll I'll give you that. Danny literally named three people in fifty fucking years. Like I don't know. And and Ron say wasn't exactly in his prime. The penguin. (laughs) The penguin. He was the penguin because his knees. He didn't have knees. He was like that guy, that uh, grandpa from King of the Hill with no knees. Well, that was the whole Cubs mo back in the eighties. They're like, "Hey, we have grass and dirt. Everybody else has astroturf. Hey, Mister Bad Knees, come play for us for nothing." Right. That's why. That's why we got Rod Say. Worked great for Andre. Did not work great for Rod Say. But I don't know. What what do you guys think? Do you think there's any smoke to that at all? That Carly, you obviously don't think so at all. You know. Is, but at the same time, like, if he was – I mean, he is a kind of a jack-of-all-trades kind of dude. Like, you know, he would be – what if what if they paid him a shit ton short-term? I don't know if he'd take it, but what if they gave him – because they got the room on the payroll. What if they gave him, like, 30 mil a year or something like that for, like, a three-year deal? Kind of like, you know, what they're doing uh, – you know, uh, what they're doing um, with Stroh. Strowman? Yeah. I- yeah, I mean, I guess I wouldn't Just have to, a like, problem with it. Just like go for it, like really go for it, and get Correa, and you know what I mean. Do it all, right? Right, I, I, you know. But I don't know. I, I, I'm just not thinking that's realistic. So not yeah. going with it. Well, I'll tell you what you should do if that's not happening is to shop at sunranto.com/shopping. And here's a quick commercial break. We'll be right back to talk about the lockout. If you're like most Americans, you buy shit. Lots of shit. Sometimes you buy shit for other people. Sometimes you buy shit for yourself. And sometimes you buy shit you have to buy just to stay alive. So why not buy shit through the Sunranto affiliate links at sunranto.com slash shopping. We've got tons of shit you can buy. Go to sunranto.com, click on the shopping link, then click our ads and buy shit. We've got Amazon. They've got tons of shit. But you can also buy MLB shit, NBA shit, NFL shit, fans ed shit, Southwest Airlines shit, Fanatic shit, Reebok shit, Wine of the Month shit, Beer of the Month shit, Bear Mattress shit, StubHub shit, Lid shit, Sports Memorabilia shit, Volcanica Coffee shit, Vibrator shit, Condom shit, Bag shit, NHL shit, and Audible Membership shit. There's a whole lot of shit that can help the Sun Ranto Show stay on the air so we can keep talking shit. So buy shit today through sunranto.com slash 
shopping. Thanks. Cubs Jesus thinks you're the shit. Wilder versus Fury, Mayweather versus Bakayo, electric personalities that produced big fights and even bigger betting opportunities. This Saturday, Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley will be no different. So don't miss out on the action. Bet the fight with my bookie. My bookie has the best odds and props bets for Paul Woodley. And you can start by doubling your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000 using promo code SPORTSDRINK. That's double your deposit to double your funds and double the excitement for Paul Woodley at my bookie. As much as we'd all love to see Jake Paul eat canvas, he's looked strong in previous matchups. And with Woodley taking this fight on short notice, all the odds are in Paul's favor. Back the problem child to win this rematch as he's sure to be the favorite. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using promo code SPORTSDRINK. Head to MyBookie today, place your bets, fill your pockets, and watch this grudge match get settled with Paul versus Woodley. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Well, fellas, it's not looking real good for the MLB and the players get something. They're really far apart, and you know they're going to take it right up to the next arbitrary deadline they'll set um, to put pressure on each other. But um, I don't know. It's it's not looking good. I, I still have some hope that they'll like understand how important it is that they do get a deal done in the current environment after losing half a season last year and part of a season with fans to COVID. Um, but it doesn't. I mean, you lost a full season in 2020 and you lost half a season in 2021. Yeah. So that's a season and a half. That's, it's a lot. You can't, you're not losing another season. I am absolutely have zero concern about that. It may, this may go down in one of those old takes, takes exposed, but I'm absolutely supremely confident the deal gets done in February. Okay. Well, I'll take the other side of that. They're not playing until fucking July. You know, like it's just, it's just not going to happen. And that's if they play at all. And I'm I'm here for it. Fucking players need to take these assholes to the woodshed and, you know, get what they can get. That's what well, I'm and, and And, uh, you know, I read uh, Ken Rosenthal's article, which was pretty interesting because he had some kind of what he thinks should happen. If he was in charge and he's like, yeah, I don't have all the details figured out of what it looks like, but this is the ultimate, you know, what, what they should do. And the big compromise that needs to happen is the five years or six years until becoming a free agent for a player of service time manipulation, which, you know, was a big deal with Chris Bryant. We, we had that right in our face for a long time. They, uh, the Cubs obviously did that. And the players are sick of it. And, you know, they, so they want a five-year situation, and it tied to your age. Um, it's kind of ridiculous to me that, like, Patrick Wisdom, who's put in 10 years in the minor leagues – won't be able to test himself on the free agents market. You know, a guy could be blocked by a superstar and just be like basically minor league depth and screwed stuck in the organization because of the service time situation. And then, you know, and it's, it's not fair. And like somebody like Patrick wisdom won't be a free agent to be able to test it till he's 35, 36 years old. And then where is he going to go? He's never going to make the money. He's never going to get the nut. This is this is what uh, I was saying earlier, you know, with they don't get to choose where they're going. And if you go to a spot that has a superstar, your position, then I mean, you can literally go 
have your dreams come true, get drafted by a team, but then see that there there's a superstar there and just, you know, know that you're going to rot for the rest of your career unless they trade you. And that's totally up to them. You have no control over it. Well, when you're when you're kind of looking at things right now, it's it's getting it's getting bad. And one of the things though is again is that MLB owners, the difference between this and '94, which was the last major lockout right there, and and is social media. Okay? Well, no, '94 so, was an actual strike. Or, strike when you had social yeah. right. So the difference there though is social media, whereas the players are way more in tune with social media. They can get their message out where owners are still kind of using like the, let's see if it makes the Sunday Tribune, which nobody picks up anymore. Like, so I think that there's a disconnect in public relationship, public relations that's going to affect the owners. So what Danny showed you earlier is that now MLB is saying, well, we don't have the licensing with the MLBPA. So that's why you get the shadow gnomes right here that are all, uh, this is, if you go to the roster, all you see are grayed out players. And so if you go to cubs.com or you go to mets.com or you go whatever, none of the stories are about current players. So it's the 10 biggest trades in Cubs history, five Cub greats who aren't in the hall, best position player seasons in Cubs history. And so now you have this. It's like the entire uh, rundown of the marquee network programming. <laughs> but imagine, like I said, you have to imagine that, that your your website and all this stuff is supposed to be content-based and you can't use any content. That's yeah. going to affect their bottom line again. And so they think that they're being all smart by pulling the players and all their shit off there. And not only that, the players are being smart and using social media to kind of come back. This is Ian Happ talking about college uh, basketball, but if you look, he his his uh, avatar is one of those silhouetted figures, and all the MLB players are doing it right now. Yeah, that's such a burden. I mean, it's just like and and it is. It's in the court of public relations. I think I said this last week, or I said it. I wasn't went on Cup of Cubby Blue last week, and I said, you know, I've never gone to a Major League Baseball stadium and cheered an owner. I booed him, but I've never cheered him, and. You're there to cheer the players, and we have access to these players. We like the players. We interact with the players out there in left field. We know Ian Happ. He knows us. You know, it's it's like they have a voice now that they never had in the past. And it's a direct voice. It's a direct direct. voice. It's it's, you don't have to bypass. You don't have to go through. So the 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 beat writer is in a tough position because you want access, and then the ownership has the access. And so it's kind of you got to be careful. You got to kind of carry their water every now and then. But the but the players don't have to worry about that anymore. They can tell you what they're thinking. They can tell you what's going on. And trust me, they have a lot more followers. And and it's it's I'm very curious to see how it does play out because already to me. Right now, seeing everything, I see that the players kind of have the advantage right now. Well, on, on on the flip side of that, we have a voice now. This show, social media, this didn't exist in 1994. There was nothing like this. And we can actually express what we think is going on and whose side we're on and all of that stuff. Whereas before, I mean, you still get a lot of people who – you know, think, oh, players are greedy or whatever. And then you look and they're our age or older because honestly, we were of that era where we were getting the newspaper and watching the news. And 
all of that entire message got sent from the ownership and not the players. Now the players have direct access to us. We have actual voices. You know, most of us aren't, you know, don't have blue check marks. But when there's a thousand people saying, you know, hey, Ricketts is a fucking asshole and needs to pay somebody, they see it. They know. They I, truly, I, I truly believe they that the th- shit anymore. I truly believe that was somewhat, not a hundred percent, an impetus to get that Marcus Stroman deal done. I think that mm-hmm. they were hearing it, and and I think and uh, Jed said, you know, our initial plan, but everybody, you know, got in the. Mar- I think that all these teams, Texas made the Cubs look bad. Tampa Bay made the Cubs look bad, and now Jed's sitting there like, shit, fuck, I got to do something. It wasn't exactly. What he would didn't want to, so it'll be interesting. The fans, the fans are able to hold the feet of the owners and the organization to the fire in a way that they couldn't before, and I, and I find that to be interesting. And the other thing that Sarah said on Cup of Cubby Blue was the idea that the reason we did see such a flurry of activity in that last bit of, I mean, billions of dollars were spent by the by the Texas Rangers alone. You know, I'm exaggerating yeah. the number, but a lot of money got spent, and uh, it was just as, for the owners to be like. See, look, we're spending. Look at all these rich people that are making all this money. Now, we know for a fact that's like 10 guys. 10 guys out of a 1,000, not even counting all the minor league guys that are trying to get there making minimum wage. So we know this now. They wish they were making minimum wage. Yeah, exactly. So uh, one thing I enjoyed that happened out of all this uh, uh, is the what the Cardinals had. on. Somebody pointed this out on the Internet. Uh, the Cardinals website, they still have the promotions they'll be doing for next year, except they had to change it up. So check this out. Uh, Saturday, April 30th <laughs> versus the Arizona Diamondbacks at 115. Make sure you pick up your Cardinals third baseman bobblehead. <laughs> I have to take you a know, look at that depth chart. Yeah. You know what's, you know what's amazing though is that, uh, the Cubs also have, uh, all of their promotions for next year up on their website. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> oh, there are no promotions. Yet. They are not doing that shit anymore. Um, the one, th- <laughs> uh, the one area that it looks like they do agree on um, is going to be the uh, draft pick compensation situation. Which, in in the fact that if somebody receives a qualifying offer and the team that loses it, 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 you offer a player a, a qualifying offer. You lose that player to another team, you get a draft pick, and the team that signed the player loses a draft pick. Now, I feel like they do agree that the team that signs the player should not lose a draft pick because that really screws. Like the Cubs, that was our narrative. Well, the guy's got a, a draft pick tied to him. We're not taking him. You know, and there's a lot of dudes out there like that, 15, 20 guys, all very good, all your biggest stars. They're all t- tied to a draft pick. I, isn't Nick Cat? Castiano's tied to a draft pick? I don't think so. No, no, because he just opted out, right? Yeah, he opted, yeah, out. He opted but, out. It wasn't their choice. But either way, I, I like that they would change that rule. That that seems to be player-friendly at well, that point. And, and this, is the, this is the only professional league that does not give you the option of trading draft picks. You know, like in uh, the NFL, you trade a player for a first in – 2022 and a second in 2023 like that's how they make these deals work without actually getting rid of players because they just get rid of draft picks in the future and 
Major League Baseball is the only one that doesn't allow that to happen. It's not because they don't want to do it. They just can't. Uh, I don't know. Do you think they want to? Like I said, like in football or basketball, if your first round doesn't hit, you're going to lose your fucking job. Like in baseball, again, a first rounder or a second rounder could be absolutely nothing. Yeah, you get you get just, guys, which is no- which is why they absolutely do want to do it. They'll be like, sure, uh, I want Chris Bryant. I'm going to give you uh, Joe Schmo, but I'll give you our first round pick for the next two years, plus a, a fifth round pick and a 75th round pick and a 105th round pick, and you throw all these things in there, you're only really dealing with one player, and then everything else, you're just putting that shit on them later. Like, yeah, you I just understand. want your guy. I don't, I I don't see it being what as, they want. as I don't think it, it's as much as a value as it is in other in yeah. the other sports. Plus, it, but it's then you it's not, but it's a way to negotiate that they don't have. Yeah, well, I don't know what kind of negotiating is going on on right now. It just seems like there's an impasse, and I mean, unless they make it five and a half, five and a half years till you hit arbitration, I can see the players not accepting a deal. You know, I really can't. I think they're going to stick to their guns on that, and I don't know. And they're going to have to give something on that, and I'm and hopefully it's the DH. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> off! No, no. Hopefully the NL keeps the DH because they got the five years. You know what I mean? Oh. Like. Okay. Some metric happens and Michael just, Cotton could You know, can, just, just though something to keep in mind is that this whole situation where we're bringing up poor Patrick Wisdom, this is not a normal thing, okay? It is not normal to trade your three best players and all of a sudden your team becomes older. Like most of the time, the opposite <laughs> happens. Most of the time when you trade your three best players, you put in a bunch I of kids. about that. That's hilarious. Right. And so you, you have to keep in mind – don't use this like, well, poor Patrick Wisdom's going to be 35. Patrick Wisdom is lucky he got what he got. It's, it's, it's a, it's a rarity. I'm telling you, people, if, if you are truly, if Frank Schwindel somehow proves me wrong, then so be it. I, I will apologize to his face. I'm just telling you, it's not the norm for guys to have breakout years in their 30s. Yeah. Like, like to come up in their 30s. You have the team that you are that's watching them every day, and you have a million teams that are watching them every day. And if he was so good, somebody would have said, ha, huh, we could use him. And the Cubs could say, we got Rizzo, or we got Bryant. We don't need a wisdom. We can trade him for a pitcher. Nobody, it wasn't like he was in high demand. No. So he, it's not like, it's. It, you're not going to see, you're not well, going to see a lot of 30-year-olds break through and wait five years and stay in the league and then have to worry about this. This usually doesn't happen. Well, uh, John Pickus points out, uh, birthday boy John Pickus points out, a first-rounder can be Albert or Almora Jr. or Clint Frazier, for that matter. And so, yeah, it's it, it doesn't always work out, not not like uh, the college situation where they are on that team next year. you got five years. But um, the, the other bit of news I wanted to get to as far as around the league is, and and I, I don't want to get too far into this because we're already kind of running behind our uh, so-called schedule, but uh, Diamond Baseball Holdings has purchased the Iowa Cubs along with nine other teams. So that is not a good situation. If you know anything about the, the, the Radio Clear Channel situation where basically one – organization bought up all the radio channels in the United States and then homogenized the entire thing. 
Well, that was not a good situation for my business, for people that actually work in the business. Oh, for the, the brass, it's great. Oh, they're just, you know, they, it's all trickling up to them, you know, but for the guys down here, they're always looking to maximize uh, efficiencies. And if that means firing people. So, you know what I mean? So I'm looking at this situation and they're like, oh, they're going to have like one regional manager for like the Memphis Redbirds and the Iowa Cubs. And they have to like fly around and make sure everything's running and it's all going to have the same concessions and they're all going to get from the same supplier and they're all going to do the same style bobbleheads. And there won't be the interesting aspects of minor league baseball where they're individually run by this maybe kooky owner in town that, you know, that you, that, I, I that provides us entertainment. Well, but. kooky people can't afford even minor league teams anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> Elon but, Musk is pretty kooky. I just don't think he likes baseball. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. This this is going to be this is going to suck. And also, it's weird that you're going to allow one company to own all these different teams. I mean, they wouldn't. It, it's actually against the rules. Uh, the Ricketts cannot own another team or a portion of another team's teams or whatever, as long as they own the Cubs. Like, they can't be part owners in the fucking Pirates and own but, the Cubs. Michael, this may be something to your advantage is maybe they start a competitive league with their teams. Now, All DHs. All pitchers batting. Just pitchers, pitchers. Oh, you know, you know. Pitchers if, and if backup they, catchers. If they start another league, they're going to call it the fucking XBA, you know, major league baseball, X, extra league baseball or whatever the fuck it is. And they're going to do some dumb shit and they're going to be like, you know, only there's going to be an offense and a defense and they're going to be able to throw the ball at people to get them out. All I love it. I'll shit. watch it. Well, well, you know what? Let's talk about some good news that we yeah. finally got. Let's get into it. Uh, I want to play a clip real quick. This is from 2020's uh, John Baker Day. Uh, when we talked to Buck O'Neill and, uh, just, it's a, it's a quick little clip of, uh, we talked Bob, to Bob Kendrick. Bob Kendrick. Talked to, yeah. Talked to Bob Kendrick. Uh, yeah. We did. Did I say we, yeah, talked said, to Buck O'Neill? Said, we had a seance and we had a Ouija he, he board. We did talk to Buck O'Neill, but, you know, the audio is shitty. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, with John Baker Day and, uh, Levante and we all, uh, anyway, I'm just going to play the clip. Check this out. Well, we thought that in 2006, when they had this epic election of Negro League players and they put 17 in and they left Buck and Minnie Minoso out, we thought that that was going to be the end all for Negro Leaguers in the Hall of Fame because they had put this thing together so that they could put all the Negro League players who deserved to be there in one fell swoop. And then it didn't happen for Buck and Minnie Minoso. And Buck missed by one vote that year. And, and Manny was very close as well. And it still baffles me that at that time, they were both, they were the only two players that are still alive that were on that list in 2006. And it still baffles me that they didn't have a foresight to put both of those incredible men into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. So, um, and it, now they are. So I, you can I, see I how pissed I was at the time, though. I, oh God, pissed! I it looked like I swear to God I was like, is Crawley actually laughing because a White Sox player didn't get in? Like, is he that <laughs> jaded that he's like, fuck Minnie Minoso, White Sox? <laughs> I, I, I literally just like when you hear Bob Kendrick tell it, and then and and, and so. In case you missed it, Buck and Minnie finally made it into Hall of Fame. There's been campaigns to get those guys in for years to try to obviously write 
a wrong, and it's been a wrong for many, many years. There's uh, When you talk to people about Minnie Minoso, he essentially is the Jackie Robinson of Caribbean baseball. He's, um, he's the Jackie Robinson of Caribbean baseball. He's also the Ernie Banks of the White Sox. Right, and and so you you it's just ridiculous to think that he wouldn't make it in, and the Buck O'Neill thing is just was just so horrific because of everything he contributed to the game, and this guy's like one of the two living players. It was him and Minnie Minoso at the time. You know, I don't know why the living players fucking hall. There's two. There's and two, so, and both of them don't make it. It's like, and, what and the hell is wrong? It reminds Buck me of misses by one fucking vote. He misses by one vote, and then MLB turns around and says, hey, can you induct these guys? Yeah. Uh, you know, most of us would have been like, go fuck yourself. Not but Buck. but Buck is, uh, was, knew it was more than just about him. And he went up there, and he gave a great speech, and sadly he passed away not long after inducting 17 of his fellow Negro League ball players into the Hall of Fame. But what what has bothered me for years about the Cubs is the absolute Kansas City does a good job recognizing Buck. Obviously Buck went over there. He played most of his years in playing and managing were for the Kansas City Monarchs, but his professional MLB career was mostly with the Cubs. And again, the fact that people don't know his contributions just drives me nuts. So he joins the Cubs as a scout in 1955. So you have the integration of African-American players into MLB. And he had this knowledge of all the players. And he was somebody that sat there and scouted all sorts of players like Ernie and Lou Brock. And later on, he's going to go back into scouting uh, Joe Carter, Lee Smith, Great he, guys yeah. that he scouted. He, he wasn't even technically with the Cubs when he helped them get Ernie. Like right. He, he actually showed up just after Ernie the next year. Like he was helping them to get Ernie anyway. And he was the one that drove Ernie to Wrigley Field to sign the contract. So, I mean, it, it is literally uh, he became the first African-American coach in all of baseball. In 1962, when you have the College of Coaches, now they never let him manage a game, and they never really had him on the field. He worked as an instructional kind of coordinator, and he really did a lot to help a lot of the African-American players that were kind of coming into the league, where you had Ernie Banks, and you had Gene Baker, and you had George Altman. And a lot of people don't realize he helped all over the place. Billy Williams was in low A ball, and he was dealing with a lot of racism. And one day he just left the team. He's like, fuck it. I don't want to deal with this. I don't, why am I going to deal with this? And so he went back home to Whistler and Buck O'Neill is the one that came and Buck O'Neill took him to a ball field where people came and said, Oh, there's Billy. What are you doing? You know, and kind of got Billy back on the, it's okay. I know it's going to be tough, but you can do this. And so it was amazing. Um, people don't realize the relationship. Uh, between Ernie and Buck and how strong it was and that Ernie was very much an introvert and it was Buck. A lot of when you, when, when you hear Ernie Banks and a lot of his kind of sticks, the singing and the, and the certain, what a beautiful day. Let's play two. That was Buck O'Neill. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know, Danny, if you have the video of, we don't have to play it right now, but the video of Buck's speech. But when I hear the speech, there are things that like I literally saw Ernie Banks do at tons of Cubs conventions that came directly from Buck O'Neill. So the Ernie Banks that everybody knows and loves, a lot of that personality that you saw 
was Buck O'Neill. Yeah. So I'm going to play that uh, his Hall of Fame induction speech, not of of those Negro League players. I'm going to play that at the end of the show. So that uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like it's worth everybody listening to. You can check it out on YouTube if you want to see it. But, uh, you know, before, at, you know, on the podcast version of this show, and if you watch after this while we go to Green Room, you can uh, listen to that speech. It's about seven, eight minutes long, but it's totally worth your time. I'm just going to let it play as we switch it over to our after party. Show. And remember, yeah. this is a guy that's not getting inducted who yeah. missed by one vote. Yeah, and – you know, and if you want to hear more of those stories, like what Crawley was just talking about, there's uh, Bob Kendrick does Black Diamonds, which is a baseball podcast about the Negro Leagues, which is amazing. Talks a lot about Buck O'Neill, uh, did a really good uh, episode about Ernie Banks. And then there's also a book. Uh, I read The Soul of Baseball, A Road Trip Through Buck O'Neill's America, and that was like kind Mark of. Nansky. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a late era. Uh, Buck O'Neill, and then there's also I I was right on time by Buck O'Neill, which was his autobiography. Um, but both those books, like definitely, if you don't really know a ton about Buck O'Neill, read his books, listen to Black Diamonds, find out more about him, go to the Negro League Baseball Museum. Joe Pazanski's book is just phenomenal. And the other thing I would add is Ken Burns' documentary, Baseball. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's really what revitalized Buck because a lot of people, you know, just kind of forgot about Buck. And it was that all of a sudden you had this great storyteller telling about these fantastic players that never got a chance to really compete. You know, it's that question of what would Ted Williams or – Babe Ruth were done against Satchel Page. These arguments that all of a sudden became more important and in the mainstream. And we've been talking a little bit, Danny, uh, about flying the 53, right? The Cubs retiring Buck O'Neill's number uh, because, I mean, Ernie's out there. Billy's out there. Fergie's out there. Buck O'Neill had a lot to do with those guys being a part of the team. And now he is an actual Hall of Famer. They're all Hall of Famers up there. There's no reason not to have his The Cubs' hand should be forced at this point. Every single other Hall of Famer that they have has been honored in some way at Wrigley Field with a flag, and Buck doesn't have one. I don't know if they'll do the whole thing and retire it. Uh, I mean, we've. I know, Crawley, you've had conversations with the Cubs about this. You were in conversations, and then they clammed up about it. Oh, we're going to do something. They did nothing. We wanted to have a Buck O'Neill day. We wanted them involved. The Cubs uh, didn't respond to us. So, like, I've, take, I've taken it as high as it can go, and I'm I, I actually reached out recently to to kind of once again let them know, as far as a fan as a season ticket holder, this is what the people want, and it's something that's long overdue that the Cubs. I mean, not only, you know, talk about the flag, but even any recognition, guys. You can walk around Wrigley Field and you see all sorts of names out there. Vince Lloyd, old broadcasters. Like, everybody's kind of recognized in some way, shape, or form. Not Buck. But but there's nothing in the entire stadium around the ballpark that told you that Buck O'Neill was ever a part of this organization. It's ridiculous. Well, didn't he play terrible music in the locker room and then somebody (laughs) smashed his boombox? Oh, wait. No, wait. That was somebody else. Oh, oh, are you saying (laughs) that Buck O'Neill... 
O'Neill, maybe the nicest person that's ever walked the earth, somehow offended Tom Ricketts back in the day, yeah, and he, that's why he won't get his number. Yeah, in. it was he was uh, he was doing he was doing steroids. Um, so, uh, quick commercial break, and we're going to come back and talk about John Vincent and uh, play a couple Cubs and Miss Carols, and then uh, we're going to head on over to um, to Green Room. Green Room. So, uh, uh, here's a another commercial break. Stay tuned. Do you like having sex? Me too. That's why I always wear my Sunranto swag shirts every time I'm looking to get some. It's the only t-shirt guaranteed to get you laid. Knock boots in your shankless shirt. Bump uglies in a rancher long sleeve. Ride the skin busted tuna town in a dabbing cubes fan shirt. Take old one eye to the optometrist in your bull penis awesome attire. Or smash pissers in a spagog shirt. Sunranto swag shirts are just like people. There are many different sizes and colors to choose from. Plus, at Sunranto's Swag Store, you'll find Vintage John Baker Day, Designated Hater, and Matt Camerer drawn rally titty designs on everything from shirts and hoodies to baby onesies, bags, and hats. Go to sunranto.com slash swag and check out all the sexy styles guaranteed to get you laid. You'll be stuffing the soft taco in no time. Sunranto.com slash swag. Guaranteed to get you laid. Wearing Sunranto Swag products not guaranteed to get you laid. Sunranto Swag is not responsible for your sex life. Sunranto Swag is for entertainment purposes only. Oh, Crawley, you brought back a little Buck O'Neill Monarchs bobblehead. That's cool, yeah, man. little Monarchs bobblehead player manager. Got the lineup card ready to go, so. Looked like he was eating corn on the cob. Like, uh, what are you talking about? Looked like what's, it, Yeah, I, what's in his hand? Corn on the, the cob. Lineup, the lineup card. <laughs> so, hey, well, it does look like a plate or a corn on the cob or something, yeah. <laughs> if you came and saw you, it, it looks different. Uh, yeah, well, I'd rather Looking at the jokes. lineup card. <laughs> Okay. So, uh, Crawley, how was uh, John Vincent over at Rizzo's? Did you have a good time? I had a great time over at Rizzo's. If you go, first of all, Rizzo's is not owned by Anthony Rizzo. Let me just put that out there in the world, first of all, okay? There's other it's people with the last the name Rizzo. It's the Muppet, right? Other, other than that. Like down at Disney but World? We t- I talked to John, and I'm like, John, do you realize one of the last fun things I did? It was I went to John Vincent's show in February, went to spring training in March, and then COVID hit. And so if you've never been to John Vincent's show, he's had him prior to the pandemic. This is the first time he's back. Let me say, again, we can criticize the Ricketts for a lot, but the way that it looks right now, the ballpark with the Chris Kindle Mart and the ice skating ring is beautiful. It's great. It's great. Go down there and enjoy the scenery. And then head on, get your tickets. John Vincent does two shows, one at 5 and then a later show at 7, 7.30. But Rizzo's is, like all the bars in Wrigley are completely Christmased up. It's awesome. This is the entrance to Rizzo's right there. There's me in the throne. A big old Santa's Santa workshop. chair. I'm going to yeah. go over there and sit on your lap. There you go, buddy. Tell me what you want. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, I got to talk to the man of the hour who's just, if you know Johnny, he's, he's as good a guy as, as you'll ever meet. And he's so friendly. And he really just wants the show to be excellent. So it's a picture of me and John here. could use you as a toothpick. Here. And you're not a small man. You are so small looking next to him. Yeah. He's a big dude. I will tell you that. But the the thing about John is he puts on what hell of a show. He, he plays Christmas songs like blue Christmas, but, but the thing he can do that's so unique is he almost like just completely can incorporate the styles of other singers. Like when he does Sinatra, you're like, Oh my God, that sounds like Sinatra. And you think that's all he's going to do. But then he'll do Louis Armstrong. He'll do Elvis. He'll do Johnny Cash. He'll do all these guys, and all of a sudden, it sounds like a completely different singer. He's so a great mimic, yeah. 
it's so good and his voice is so beautiful. And then at the end, he's just so accommodating. This is the, some of the Club 400 crew. Uh, this is Frank Walker from Mistaken Identity Podcast. Great guy, works at Wrigley Field. Uh, I don't know if Frank's on here. He was on here earlier. Uh, but we had an absolute fun time. And so Beautiful. if you're looking for something to do in the um, Wrigley area, you want to come by, check out the ice skating, do all that stuff, make that the nightcap. That, to me, is the nightcap. You go to John Vincent, have a lot of fun, and have a great day. Beautiful. Yeah, go support. Uh, also, you know, here's somebody that didn't get to perform for a year and a half as well. So uh, it's, it's good for him. We got to all go out there and support live acts too. I don't even if you don't see John Vitz, go see something. We everybody needs your support. So um, uh, I, I did want to play just a, a couple bits of some Cubs Miss Carols just to encourage people out there in Sun Ranto Ranchers land land to keep. Your uh, contest entries coming in. We've had a few uh, entries here. We're going to start. We got. Uh, I'm just going to p- play a little bit of each one. We're going to start here with Bill Suggis, last year's champion. Uh, he's coming in hot with this one. Cubs five owners. Hey, gang. How do I deal with Bears suckitude sorrow? I sing a Cubs parody song. <laughs> That'll raise my spirits. This one is called We Five Owners. <clears throat> Cubs five owners seriously blow, bury them in early spring snow, crying poor, they're such a bore, we're in first place no more. Oh, first to worst happen too fast, another hundred years will pass, no playoff glory, same old story, wait till next year, my ass. Contention window already gone. Ranter singing parody songs. National League leading, talent bleeding. Feels like we're just pawns. Oh, first to worst happen too fast. Another hundred years will pass. No playoff glory, same old story. Wait till next year, my ass. Come on, people. Submit some songs. Oh my God! If you have eight hundred hours, you can do a song like that. <laughs> hey, chingy ching, woo 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 woo. It's Clark, the Cubs mascot. Chingy ching, woo woo woo. The Chicago Cubs mascot. Oh, I la, love this. La 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 di da di da. The Ricketts got a little friend. His name is Clark. The big furry mascot, you'll always see him in the park. When fans visit the park, they know what he will be. Because he does not wear pants, and that is obviously, hey, ching and Clark the Cubs mascot, chingly Oh, God, this is our very own shy party aunt singing this song. Loving this. La, 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 What's up, ranchers? Um, I didn't do any Christmas parodies last year. just wasn't feeling it. So uh, this is my first one. Might be my own one. Don't know. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, it's called The Ricketts Really Hate the Cubs Fans to the tune of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. 
Now, I'm no John Jergavan, but I'm going to give it my damnedest. Here we go. You might as well gripe. You might as well cry. You might as well groan. I bet you know why. The Ricketts really hate the Cubs fans. It started with Joe, then Theo left too. The product is crap, and the last season blue. Ricketts really hate the Cubs fans. I, you know, I believe that one Reasonably just because he looks great. like Santa Claus. The excuses are. Yeah, no, it is. It, everybody's doing such a good job, and I just love it uh, that everybody's participating. I just want to play little bits just to like throw it out there. That was Bill Suggis, Bernie Barron, and also John Vasky that came in, and uh, you guys did such a great job. And I just, I just, every time I see one come up, it tickles me so, and I watch the whole thing, and I giggle, and I say good job, and I just it makes me so happy. So keep sending them. I want more. Uh, Carl, you got one coming. I had one. I was super excited about it. I made my wife listen to 20 different versions of Blue oh, Cubs Christmas. And then, and then all of a sudden, Danny Rocket came out with one. And I'm like, God damn it. No, no. That's the thing about Christmas songs. I Listen, look at my uh, my song sheet. I've got multiple versions. Like, I've got a Blame Theo. I've got Thank Theo. And I've also <laughs> got uh, uh, We Got Stro. All to Let It Snow. And I'm not going to stop there. You know what I mean? It, it, it's just going to keep – I'll write multiples of this. I, I used to sing about the Cubs uh, one run, 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 run for Little Drummer Boy. Now it's yeah. whiz, dum, 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 dum. Like, I will pull it out of the, the email recyclable yeah. garbage. And, what, and what's even more fun is when uh, you sing the same song Danny did and then dunk on his ass. <laughs> that ain't happening. <laughs> Not happening. I don't know. Maybe you've heard my karaoke skills, people. Could be. Well, I want to hear your karaoke skills on Saturday at the Cubs caroling party. So uh, everybody come out. I'm going to drop the link again in the chat. Um, There's if you just look up, if you Google Cubs caroling, it is the only event happening of its kind in the world. So uh, it's on Cubs Insider. There's a Facebook event. Please join it. So I know how many copies of the songs to make. Otherwise, I may not have enough. And I'm telling know. you, Danny, it's starting to. I can. I see people like people are like texting me, like, "Hey, is it still cool if I come?" Yes. The more, yes. the merrier. And the funny thing that we've done in Cubs uh, Caroling Pass is all of a sudden we just start picking up randos that become friends of ours. Yeah. Uh, our friend Hope is coming. Uh, I met Hope. We met Hope because she came by herself. She was kind of like I was a little nervous. No one wanted to come with me, so I came myself. And she, like now we're like total friends. Yeah. And- now now we all hang out. Her sister right. now works at the rooftops. Like all this stuff. And, and like, her sister coming for her first cub caroling party. And uh, you know the weather doesn't look so bad. It's supposed to rain on Friday, and then forty two down to thirty. A little windy. Uh, but it uh, looks like no precipitation for Saturday. So that is not bad. That is, I mean, it's nope. been in the 20s. It's been a little cold lately. But in the 40s, man, that's like Chicago spring. So I will make sure you wear any festive Cubs gear if you got it. I will be wearing my Cubs Santa hat, my Cubs scarf, whatever you got. Even if you don't, just come out and, and all you need is Christmas cheer. Like And, Elf and I'm going to try to go live a little bit, maybe on StreamYard throughout the, the, the night. And so look for that on Saturday night. We might uh, be broadcasting out a little bit. Um, we'll all be also at uh, Club 400 on Friday night in the rain. 
uh, with Patrick Wisdom, uh, me, I know Crawley will be there, and uh, I've got a, a couple Patrick Wisdom carols that we'll be singing. So I believe that one's sold out and stuff, but also look for... That is uh, sold out, and the Cup Convention Frank Schwindel has sold out. People, when we tell you about these things, it, it's not it's to try to give you a hot tip. You want to wait. It, it, these things sell out, and they're, and it's, and we have, we are at the mercy of their management. We come up with an agreement and their set prices, and you can't all of a sudden tell somebody it's for 60 people and 250 show up. So they're sold out. So be on the Especially lookout. We'll COVID. tell you. Yeah, we'll tell you next time they're coming up. But if we do, Jump on it, please. Yeah. So, but look for content on Friday night as well. And, um, let's see. And also we got the secret ranter going on the Elfster. Uh, you can join up. I'm dropping that link in the chat. Uh, go to, I don't know. It's, it's just called secret ranter. I'm dropping the link. It's on the Facebook page. It's on the ranters page. If you want to be involved in the gift exchange, we're picking names on Monday. So you have until then to sign up. Um, and then, uh, they, you pick a name, you know how fucking secret Santa works. I don't have to tell you, but, uh, the, the gift limit is 25 bucks. That seems I, fair. I have no idea who sent me gifts last year. You know, I don't think I know either. And my gift was just a gift certificate. Like it was, it was a full on secret oh, Dennis secret rancher. It got sent to me. No idea. There was no card, no notes, no nothing. But uh, that's, that's really secret ranter. That's about it. Really was. I, I I enjoyed it. I, I, it's a it's a mask. I wear it all the time. It's great. And I wanted, also a popcorn bowl. I wanted to drop one more link in the chat too, and that's uh, Michael Cotton's uh, Christmas book. I mean, this is the time to sell it. Santa. Oh goes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Buy, Santa, buy a Christmas book. Santa goes north to the pole. Is a uh, is the story of the of Santa becoming a pole dancer at the North Pole. He becomes a stripper. He loses a bunch of weight. Makes a lot of money. Buys gifts for children. I haven't read it, but I assume that's what it's about. It, 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 I actually took pictures of John Vasky when he wasn't looking. <laughs> he does look like Santa. If we ever have a Ranter Christmas party, we gotta get Vasky out there to dress as Santa, like in yeah. a blue suit, like blue Santa. Well, that blue Santa. Blue, blue Santa. <laughs> I'll have a blue Santa. So, um, <laughs> did anybody have any uh, flexing cubes for the week? I have, I have one. I have two. So, why don't you let me go first? I thought one you of... told Michael. You yelled at I Michael for having you last week. I, you know why? The I reason I have one I... is because it's from last week. All right. I, but, but I have one. But it, it's just like one drop today. You know what I mean? Like I had one, it was all set, and then something dropped today that's like about Anthony Rizzo. So here's my here's my first one. Uh, Marcus Stroman uh, tweeted out him uh, standing on his hands, uh, doing some leg exercise. He that's called it, yoga. Yeah, he's doing yoga or Pilates, wherever the hell that is. Overhead, shoulder, and core stability. Obviously, a very talented guy. Uh, Jeff Birch tweeted out. That is truly impressive. Big Country 1739, that's Andrew Chafin's handle. Do you have a similar routine as a professional athlete? And uh, Chafin did take the bait and responded. He goes, yeah, but there's usually a keg under me in that particular pose. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like I said, he he was born for Wrigley. Yeah. So, uh, and, and go ahead, do another one. I'll do my last one last. All right. I, I have one here. Um, this is, uh, kind of a visual one. So for the podcast, it is the meme of the person putting on uh, clown makeup, four steps of clown makeup, Yeah, four steps of clown makeup. Yeah. 
the first step is uh, the Cubs already have a top five payroll. They shouldn't sign more free agents. Second step, Ricketts is saving up to extend the core. Third step, the core sucks. Ricketts is, Ricketts is smart not to extend them. And the fourth step, it would be stupid to spend money in free agent now that the team sucks. <laughs> and and that they're is, that full is, clown. Yeah, that is – yeah, maybe we should change it to this flexing clown. That, <laughs> that is I, I've actually seen that. Out That's QB the, the clown right there. Now, I've heard all those things. I've heard all now, those things. Um, I, I this one, the, my TFC has to do with – one of our favorite guys here, and it's kind of now being repurposed. So you talked about repurposing, Danny. I had a I Got Wood shirt from Kerry Wood, and you could always use it whenever, like, you have, like, a Travis Wood or any kind of wood. It worked out great. And so uh, one of the all-time great quotes was from John Lackey. And so it says here, NBC Sports, Frazier excited to join the Cubs. Trolls, New York Yankee hair policy. Cubs talk on NBC said, Clint Frazier didn't come here for a haircut. Yeah, now uh, I can bring my nice. song back. I told there you, you when it comes back. I got the shirt for the song. I, I am absolutely stoked. Hell yeah. And uh, th- just so we, everybody remembers what Clint Clint's hair looks like, there's Clint Frazier uh, and his beautiful the, why do you uh, keep curly hair. <laughs> and the poor man always, because he was a Yankee, he had to shave his chest every day. Every day. And his armpits. You got to be completely <laughs> hairless. You have to have alopecia to basically be, be the Yankees. The what Yankees was that movie? Powder? I love it. Yeah, exactly. A powder? Of powders. The New York, the New York, <laughs> the New York powders. powders. <laughs> so speaking of the powders, I mean the Yankees, uh, Anthony Rizzo, <laughs> Uh, he asked the other day if uh, he, he wanted to know if anybody was into NFTs and uh, what everybody's oh, favorite cryptocurrency was. And then Anthony Rizzo changed his profile picture to an NFT that doesn't really look like him, but I guess it's supposed to be him. He's, uh, you know, wearing wavy hair with a ponytail and glasses and he's like metallic man. And I don't know if that's supposed to be him or not. There's a bat and a baseball and hashtag new profile pic. And uh, Max T. Power said, Florida man gets into NFTs. Shocking no one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. That was it, – it, it's so it, – it's not him. It's so, like, uh, an assistant wrote that fucking thing. Like, it, it is just so – Oh, I, I'm going to disagree with you right there. To me, that fits the profile – of Anthony Rizzo in the direction he's going perfectly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. He is just he buddy to do anything like well, I he, know. well, I mean, he turned down whatever contract that was rumored from the Cubs, that extension was insulted by it, and now it seems like he's into crypto. I mean, this guy's just not good with money. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe like, maybe he's in New York. Maybe he's going to take his paychecks in crypto from now on. Well, good just luck like with the that. mayor I was actually talking to, I forget the guy's name just offhand. I was going to maybe invite him on the show sometime. He's a pitcher in the Angels organization, a minor league pitcher. And he was trying to convince me because I was like making fun of uh, NFTs and cryptocurrency on on uh, that thread, on the Rizzo thread and have going back and forth with people. And this uh, Angels pitcher started, well, you don't understand and you should look at NFTs and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, just kind of having a good time with that. And um, No, we should look into creating them. Not oh, yeah. buying them. 
Hey, if you can, if, hey, you want to buy this air in my hand? $50,000. No, 50,000 bitcoins. You give them to me. Matt Cameron needs to get in some NFTs with his. His uh, pictures. Throw, yeah. throw those up on NFTs. Will, Will, Danny, Will. you're going to put some songs on NFTs. I've got a Cubes fan cartoon for NFTs. Crawley's got a t-shirt design. All NFTs all day long. We're going to change the name top. of the podcast to NFT Ranto. Hey, we might get more listeners that way. <laughs> <laughs> NFTs are more popular than us. That's for fucking sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anybody else have anything else before I, <laughs> I, I, I out of here? We're going to be on the green room post game or post show, I should say. And we'll be talking a little bit more just with you guys. It's interactive. So download the green room app from Spotify and follow Sunranto show. And we will be on there momentarily right now. I'm going to play, um, a, a Buck O'Neill song. And uh, and then I'm going to play his Hall of Fame speech. I'm let that play out while we switch over to Green Room. And uh, in the meantime, don't forget Facebook- next next week, Glendon Rush. Here, Glendon Rush. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Phone the neighbors. Wake the kids. And uh, we'll see you Saturday, hopefully at Cubs Caroling, uh, five o'clock. G Man Tavern. Be there. If you're going to be late, you'll find us. We're going to be the singing drunk people. So, right, tottering around Wrigleyville. So, uh, Spagog, and here's Buck O'Neill. Spagog! Spagog! Buck O'Neill, Buck O'Neill in the Hall of Fame. Coach, manager, player, scout, he really changed the game. Oh, Buck O'Neill, Buck O'Neill in the Hall of Fame. Cooperstown without old Buck is a real crying shame. Many years ago, there were the Negro Leagues. Buck was a big star for the Monarchs of KC. As a scout for the Cubs, he brought us Ernie Banks. Discovered Billy Williams, too, so we have to give him thanks. Oh, Buck O'Neill, Buck O'Neill in the Hall of Fame. Coach, manager, player, scout, he really changed the game. Oh, Buck O'Neill, Buck O'Neill in the Hall of Fame. Cooperstown without old Buck is a real crying shame. Cooperstown without old Buck is a real crying shame. Put him in the hall. I've been a lot of places. I've done a lot of things that I really like doing. I hit the home run. I hit the Grand Slam home run. I hit for the cycle. I've had a hole in one in golf. I've done a lot of things I like doing. I shook hands with President Truman. Yeah. Oh, man. I shook all with the other president, and I am to hug his wife, Hillary. So I've done a lot of things I like doing. But I'd rather be right here, right now, representing these people that helped build a bridge across the chasm of prejudice. Not just the ones like Charlie Pride and me that laid across them. Yeah, this is quite an honor for me 
See, I played in the Negro League. Tell you what, the Negro League was nothing like Hollywood trying to make it. The Negro League was the third largest black business in this country. Yeah. First, black insurances, the white insurances, 10 cent policy, just enough to bury us. Uh huh. But the black insurances insured our crops, our homes. Yeah. Our stock. They made millions. Next, Madam C.J. Walker, cosmetology. You see that pretty hair over there? Don't you see it? Oh, Mrs. Robertson? Tell you what. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Madam C.J. Walker was doing that a hundred years ago. And she made millions, to tell you the truth. Madam C.J. Walker was the first black woman millionaire in this country. And to tell you, Madam C.J. Walker might have been the first woman millionaire in the country that earned it. They had other women millionaires, but they inherited the money. Madam C.J. Walker earned it. Next, Negro League Baseball. All you needed was a bus and we rode in some of the best buses money could buy. Yeah, and a couple of sets of uniforms, you could have 20 of the best athletes that ever lived. And that's who we are representing here today. It was outstanding. And playing in the Negro League, what a lot of you don't know. See, when I played, in the Negro Leagues. I first came to the Negro Leagues. 5% of Major League ball players were college men because the Major Leaguers want them right out of high school. Put them in the minor leagues, bring them on in. But Negro Leagues, 40% of Negro Leagues, Leaguers were college men. The reason that was we always spring trained in a black college town. And that's who we played in spring training the black colleges. So when school was out, they came and played baseball. When baseball season was over, they'd go back to teaching, to coaching, or to classes. That was Negro League baseball. And I'm proud to have been a Negro League ball player. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you what, they always say to me, Buck, I know you hate people for what they did to you or what they did to your folks. I said, no, man, I, I never learned to hate. I hate cancer. Cancer killed my mother. My wife died 10 years ago of cancer. I'm single, ladies. <laughs> A good friend of mine, I hate AIDS. A good friend of mine died of AIDS three months ago. I hate AIDS. But I can't hate a human being because my God never made anything ugly. Now, you can be ugly if you want a boy, but God didn't make you that way. Uh-uh. So, I want you to light this valley up this afternoon. Martin said, agape is understanding, creative, a redemptive goodwill toward all men. Agape is an overflowing love, 
which seeks nothing in return. And when you reach love on this level, you love all men. Not because you like them, not because their ways appeal to you, but you love them because God loved them. And I love Jehovah my God with all my heart, with all my soul, and I love every one of you as I love myself. Now, I want you to do something for me. I'm thinking to get off this stage now. I think I've done my six minutes. But I want you to do something for me. I want you to hold hands. Whoever's next to you, hold a hand. Come on, you Hall of Famers. Hold hands. All you people out there, hold hands. Everybody hooked up? Everybody hooked up? Well, and I tell you what. See, I know my brothers up here. My brothers over there, I see some black brothers of mine and sisters out there. I know they can sing. Can you white folks sing? I want you to sing after me. The greatest thing. Come on, everybody. The greatest thing in all of my life is loving you. The greatest thing in all of my life is loving you. The greatest thing in all of my life is loving you. The greatest thing in all my life is loving you. Thank you, folks. Thank you, folks. Thank you, folks. Thank you, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now sit down. Now sit down. I could talk to you 10 minutes longer, but I got to go to the bathroom. Wilder vs. Fury, Mayweather vs. Pacquiao, electric personalities that produced big fights and even bigger betting opportunities. This Saturday, Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley will be no different. So don't miss out on the action. Bet the fight with my bookie. My bookie has the best odds and props bets for Paul Woodley. And you can start by doubling your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000 using promo code SPORTSDRINK. That's double your deposit to double your funds and double the excitement for Paul Woodley at my bookie. As much as we'd all love to see Jake Paul eat canvas, he's looked strong in previous matchups. And with Woodley taking this fight on short notice, all the odds are in Paul's favor. Back the problem child to win this rematch, as he's sure to be the favorite. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using promo code SPORTSDRINK. Head to MyBookie today, place your bets, fill your pockets, and watch this grudge match get settled with Paul versus Woodley. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. The Sunranto Show is brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. 
Use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. And we thank them for sponsoring the Sunranto Show. The Sunranto Show is also brought to you by the Spotify Greenroom app. The second half of this show, which you're about to hear, was recorded on the Spotify Greenroom app. It is an app that you download for free at the iOS App Store or the Android Store. You create a profile, you link your Twitter, you join a league. Uh, you follow us at Sunranto Show to be notified when the room goes live. And uh, then when we go live, you can join in the conversation. So it's kind of like a radio call-in show, uh, except you're using an application on your phone that you can download. So you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time. You get in on the conversation and uh, you can listen to lots of different things. There's all sorts of uh, leagues and concepts and uh, radio shows that are going live on the Spotify Greenroom app. You don't want to miss it. So check it out uh, and uh, download it today. And we thank them for sponsoring the Sun Ranto Show, which you need to follow on the Spotify Greenroom app, Sun Ranto Show. Here's our conversation. Hey, you in here? I'm in here. Oh, you're muted. I'm here. I'm here. Okay, good. I just got one gem for becoming a speaker. You all can get a gem for becoming a speaker as well. Got a crew in here, John Vasky, straight from that Christmas Carol genius. You have Matt Cammer, who I'm so excited to be seeing on Friday. Bernie put her contribution in. Artie's Wi-Fi is holding up in Colorado. And Dominic <laughs> Doloro is also in the house. And apparently there are six other guests who don't have green room, but are listening anyway, somehow. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, welcome to you guys, too, whoever you are. And um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just like it, it, when I was looking to try to put together today's show and, uh, you know, I tweeted you or I uh, texted you and Michael and I said, uh, you know, what the hell are we talking about? And then I realized we actually had well more than an hour worth of material to go through uh, just because I feel like, but it's more, it's less about the Cubs, but it's more about the overarching game and how it's going to be played and the business of how it's going to work in the future. And I feel like the repercussions of what happens right now uh, are going to be, I mean, what do they do? Five years on this one, six years until they renegotiate, you know, um, It'll be interesting to see. I don't necessarily want to get into lockout talk, uh, but I wouldn't mind talking about, uh, you know, kind of what we want to see in five years. Like, what do we want the game to maybe look like five years from now? Um, hey, Michael, you're here. I'm here. And like Clark the Cub, I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> well, you don't have to because we're off TV now. Um <laughs> But no, I, I, I'm super interested in the in the idea that like in five years, I mean, this game will continue to change. Like if you could just imagine what it what things might look like in 10 years or in 20 years. And, you know, is is speed going to be coming back into the game? Are we going to get robot umpires at some point? You know, they say that all the rule changes right now are off the table as a negotiating tactic, probably from the owners with like now the DH rule is off the table. Uh, so is the pitch clock that is off the table right now as, uh, as, as a negotiating tactic. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Like, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious as to how they're going to actually, 
I would love for them to try to if if they're going to adjust the rules, they keep adjusting the rules to make the game more dull. They really do. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like they the way that you know, uh, just the idea the the uh, intentional walk. You're not even throwing the ball. Like that's less whether it makes much of a difference or not. It's less interesting because you're not throwing the ball that four times. Um, you know, that could go either way, but they just keep making rules like that that makes the game, it it rewards the things that are actually not exciting for the game. So I would love for them to figure out a way to make the game reward speed, you know, make stolen bases somehow better. How about you know, making... Like, Uh, I don't know. I I mean, give a guy an extra couple inches. I think it does matter. I mean, think of all the bang-bang plays at first base. That's what she said. (laughs) 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 Oh, I got the third, baby. They they have talked about – can you hear me, by the way? Yes. (laughs) Okay, because the the thing is a little wonky. No, they've talked about moving the pitcher's mound back another, you know, three inches or whatever, six inches. And that right there – could bring stolen bases back into the game because now you have that extra half a second for the ball to reach the catcher, right? So, I mean, that could be a thing. Uh, We have Antonia Vega in the room, maybe with some uh, fresh new ideas. Antonia, you want to unmute yourself and uh, tell us what your, why you asked to speak. Oh, he left. (laughs) You scared him. (laughs) He, 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 oh, he he forgot that we only allow people to play their own music at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I came in here to drop a, drop a track. Um, <laughs> We're going to start having mixtapes. <laughs> yeah, well, I, hey, it gives us something to do. Uh, the, the lockout, to okay. lockout content, you know what I mean? Okay, hey, everybody in the, in the chat, though, start telling us what you think a an interesting rule might be to bring – we want we want to bring something into the game that would create action, right? Like, so you know, if you if you're trying to think of, I mean, obviously this is very hard to do because you know very professional people are screwing it up all the time. But what is the thing that would bring action back into the game? John Vasky's in here. John, are you in here to drop a track, or you got an? I have no tracks. <laughs> we had one on the show tonight, so yeah. Well, yeah, say my I to make to me drop get rid of the fucking shift. Um, uh, yes, okay. I that, hate the shift. That would definitely if you if you get rid of the shift, I could totally see that it, it would make more balls through the infield uh, base hits, but. Um, I mean, on the, on the flip side of that, it's like, don't you wish they could just hit opposite field, John? <laughs> no, I'm going to go with Vesky on this one here. Is is that you're at? It's everyone says that like adjust what you're doing. It's not as easy as it seems when you're facing some of the greatest pitchers out there to be able. They are purposely throwing it in a location. They're not going. So if you're going to say, okay, 
they're going to go kind of middle in on you, then it makes it a lot more difficult to go the opposite way. You're going to have to pull that ball if it's going middle in. If you're now again, if you're a shitty pitcher, you're going to, you're going to get hit. You know what I mean? The pitch is not going to go in your spot and you should be able to do it. But against the good pitchers, it's not going to work. The idea to me that bothers me is, is that if you are, uh, it's, they designed it, but it's not codified anywhere. That's why they said first baseman's three, shortstop four, or I'm sorry, second baseman four, shortstop six, uh, third baseman. They placed them all in certain places, but now people are just kind of going wherever, and now the metrics say this guy has an 80% chance of hitting it right in this exact spot, and then you kind of just surround it, and it's just taking away so many hits. I wonder, I swear to God, I wish somebody would do the math. I'm sure there's some egghead out there that could tell me how many hits were taken away from Kyle Schwarber, how many hits were taken away from Anthony Rizzo. And it just Ian Happ, any it, lefty, a lot of those lefties. No. It makes the game a lot less fun. It makes it, Joey Votto would have batted six. Yeah, and I and I and I do agree with John that that rule would make the the balls in play more fun. Um, if you do that, then I think the only way to do that is you're going to have to put marks out on the field um, where. You know, like the second baseman has to be from here to here. You know, and the, the I, I think as long as here, you're playing two, right? It, um, and you I can think do that. It, it'd be fine. Uh, I always thought it was funny that the only time anybody got pissy about what position a player was playing was when uh, Rizzo would move up on a bunt when he had a guy at first. Then they forced him to change his glove. <laughs> it was like, it was the weirdest thing. Like, just because the guy's on first and the second baseman goes over there to cover, they wouldn't let him wear his glove when he when he uh, crashed on the bunt. It was so weird. I'm just, I think, like I said, I think it would make the game just a bazillion times more fun. Uh, just to watch, in, in my opinion. I'm going to agree with John on that one big time. I think that's well, that's it, an easy it, one to I, do. You, I will agree with John, and I will actually go one more and say get rid of all the fucking cards. You're not allowed to look at a card when you're out on the field. Like, you have to if – you're, if you're in the dugout and your manager says uh, – Joey Votto hits it right here, so move over for Joey Votto. You have to remember that shit when you're out there, right? Or the manager has a yell or whatever. But it really does drive me nuts that these shifts are being done even when there's not a shift. Like, literally, a guy will look at the card as a new guy comes up to bat, and he'll move, you know, 12 feet over in left field. But it's not a shift, right? But still, he had to look at that fucking card. Part of what made baseball great is that they had to, you know, smart players were rewarded for being smart. Now, anybody with a pocket can go play fucking left field. That's, that's all you need is a pocket. <laughs> yep, it is a pocket. <laughs> well, if you remember, and this was funny, there was like a big controversy because somebody's cards went out and they picked them up. I can't remember who it was. But. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, that happened just last year, I believe. Yeah. And uh, Yankees and Astros? 
I can't remember from two. I just remember that there was like everyone was pissy about it because the guy dropped the cards and rather than give them back, he's like, okay, shit, I got your information now. The one I remember, it was Joe West uh, giving, I think, like the third baseman some shit for pulling out his card and looking at it. No, this had nothing to do with Joe West. This was somebody dropped cards and was using it. No, 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 no. Oh. Yeah, it was it was a completely different situation. But there was one time where the guy pulled out the card and looked at it, and Joe West stopped the game and fucking went out there and like gave him some shit. We do have fun with that out in the left field bleacher because the you know the Marcelo Zuna or something somebody will be out there pulling that card out of his pocket. You know, every single batter, you can't remember anything. Oh, two steps this way, two steps in, little bit over here, you know, all of it. And, you know, he probably knows how they're going to pitch them. And, like, there's just so much information to keep track of. So you really would have to have a photographic memory. But it is fun as a bleacher bum to be like, hey, don't listen to that card. Dude, we watch this guy hit every day. You don't want to stand there. Move back. Don't put the card away. You don't need it. <laughs> so it would, it, hey, it would be even more fun. If he didn't have the card to say, these guys are fucking with me. You know what I mean? Like, they, he'd be like, oh, my God, maybe. So it was Jesus Aguilar was one of the guys. Um, but he uh, he stole an index card out of Donson's back pocket during a game against the Mets. That's a, that's a different thing. I thought it was something that this, like, it was a catcher. And it all like all the cards fell out of his pocket or something like that. I mean, I think that's Jets Jesus Eagle stealing the card. Some guy slid into home, and his he lost his cards when he slid. But Jesus Eagle actually stole them from the back pocket, pickpocket, literally. <laughs> now, now that is entertainment. Now, now I'm kind of for the cards if they can if players are trying to take them off each other during the game. <laughs> like it'd be funny if like <laughs> oh man, like you had to have like a card pocket and like you could and if like I mean imagine Javi Bias if it was part of the game to steal yeah. your card pocket. Hey, fanny pack. <laughs> Gotta have the John Baker fanny pack. You can't call it cheating if their dumbass loses their cards. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and like that's the stealing side, stealing information. Somebody steals the playbook. You're going to take any edge you can. Cheating is as old as the game. Uh, you know, it's it's yeah. more about uh, like agreed, agreed. But you know, there's this. I am not a hundred percent anti, like you know statistics and all this shit. I'm all for it, actually. But I feel like once you get out on the field, that needs to be the player's place. Not not the statistical guy going, look at your fucking card. You know what I mean? Like, when they do that, that's bringing in some computer fucking nerd, like, into the game. Like, somebody, somebody gave me this card and I am no longer choosing where I stand. I'm moving according to, you know, Joseph Pettyweather in the fucking, you know, computer bank somewhere. No, Joseph Pennyweather fucking just ended the whole thing, huh? Sorry, I, no, I, I, sorry, I was talking. And, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was talking and then realized I was muted. Um, no, I, I mean... <laughs> 
the thing is, it's like, what is the difference if the guy's pulling out a card or if the coach is yelling two steps in or, you know what I mean, all that stuff. You know, the oh, be, because it's way more fun. Plus, because we get to hear the coach's dumbass voice. It no, it doesn't exactly. matter. I'm saying it's it, like this does not change anything. Like this is not something that will like move the needle if they don't have cards. You know what I mean? What? 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 No, no. I'm saying add that to banning the shift, like so that you know they're not. The shift ban makes a lot of like, sense. Now, how about now? Do you think that it should be like? Now, when can the guy move? Like, okay, let's say you have to be on one side of second base. Let's take the, the second and third, uh, the second baseman and the shortstop, for example. The shortstop would have to be on the left side of second base, the second baseman on the right side. At what point could, uh, like, as soon as the pitcher throws the ball, could you maybe, like, start running over there? Yeah, when, when the pitcher goes into his windup, because then that's also telling the runner that he can start moving, too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys are going to get caught off balance. I mean, because you won't just be standing there waiting for it. You'll be actually in motion. The, like, uh, the shortstop may be uh, – I mean, you might actually switch your shortstop and your second baseman if you can even do that. Or as it would be, once a guy is a shortstop, he's a shortstop. So, like, let's say, all right, Correa's playing short for the Cubs, right? And, uh, and uh, you got, um, I don't know, Horner at second. So then uh, – now, you want the better fielder, Correa, to come over for a lefty and play second base. But are you allowed to do that? Or has the guy already been named the shortstop, so he's got to stand there? Um, you can't just switch him back. If you are, oh if, if you, you, no, just if you're named the shortstop, you have to be on this. And if you're now, if you want to switch the positions, the, I don't think you can keep doing that throughout the game. If you're the shortstop, you're on the left side of the diamond. If you're on the second base and first base, you're the right well, side. Well, right of the now, no, does it? Guys, guys, think about this, though. You know how fucking upset these egomaniacs would be if their coach told them, no, you got to go over to, to second base. The second baseman would be, like, fucking whining. I'm just telling you, there's a lot of things. Again, the main thing is is the amount of downtime. And for me, one of the things that really killed baseball and – Tony LaRusa was really responsible for this was the pitching matchup. So that's why I like the rule where you have to face like three guys. Like he used to drive me nuts because he used to be like, if you ever watch basketball and I don't watch much of it, but it's like the game has a flow. And then all of a sudden you get to like the last couple of minutes of a game and everybody's fouling and taking timeouts. And it's like a totally different game. And if baseball, it'd be like, you'd fly through the first six innings and then you go through the seventh. And it used to be like, sometimes you have two, two to three pitching, maybe four pitching changes in one inning. The manager's fat ass has to waddle out there. He gets the ball. The guy comes out. He gets to warm up to a couple pitches. He gets one guy out. Then the manager waddles back out there, takes the ball from that guy. The other guy comes, and you're just like sitting there like, Jesus fucking Christ, like an hour for one inning. You're picturing Lou Lou Pinella, are you not? Sure. Picture Lou. Picture. You you said waddle, so I automatically thought of sweet Lou just taking his time. He's like, yeah. Give that bullpen guy an extra couple of pitches. That was, uh, I'm thinking, uh, Chris Bosio. I remember the Homer Homer Simpson gif when Chris Bosio used to, like, you know, just, like, just, like, lumber all the way up to there. He's like, oh my God, it would take forever. Just get a guy that can, like, to me, I think about, like, those old days where, like, Lee Smith would have the three out, you know, three inning save. Or Fergie Jenkins would have, like, however many complete games. And then you saw the postseason this year, and you didn't even get to see, like, a pitcher get past the fifth inning, a starting pitcher. It was, like, silly. 
Yeah. Which is, I'll, I'll go back to what I like about the, uh, you know, the, the DH rule, how I have it set would be, uh, that you can designate it for the start. You can, you can DH for the starter only because, uh, you, we're going to try to reward pitchers going long into games as well. And, and then I think that cuts down on some of that, like, you know, matchup openers, stuff like that. But that is, I think that ship might have sailed, to be honest, because, you know, I, uh, 200 innings, they were not going to see that except for out of like one or two guys. And, and you, and everybody will call him stupid for doing it to him, to, to his arm. And it were, 160 is the new 200. And that's kind of a shame because, you know, part of what I love about a pitching performance is, you know, when you can call it uh, a Rembrandt, you know, or a Picasso, like, you know, they would say that about an amazing pitching performance. You don't get that as much. You get combined freaking no hitters, which don't count in my book. And um, I don't know. It's, and I don't think that's as much as being a traditionalist as it is what I am personally entertained by a dominant pitching performance. The reason that that was more entertaining is because when the starting pitcher went deeper into games, guys did start to hit them later in the game. And that required the rest of the team to play differently. The pitcher had to pitch differently because he's getting later in the game. Uh, the defense had to play better. All the different things that happened when it was expected that a pitcher would go to this the eighth inning. You know what I mean? Aether, you know, like they were expecting them to try and go the whole game, which added to how good the game was. Because late in the game, when you know how boring it gets, like you guys have been to the games. Like it gets like the first part of the game, the first five innings fly by, and then fucking six, seven, eight, nine just drag out. I don't think that was the case in the back in the day because that's when like shit would happen because you still got a pitcher out there, you know, in the eighth inning throwing fucking 183 pitches and shit like that. One final plea for you all to join the Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash Sunranto. Um, this version of the podcast has advertising all strewn throughout it. And uh, if you don't like it, uh, then, uh, and why would you like being uh, barked ads at? Uh, well, then you can subscribe for as little as $1 at patreon.com slash sunranto. You get your own RSS feed. You get the show early. You get the show ad-free. And uh, there's perks at every level. You can get the music. I write out little newsletters. You get the f- photography and the f- that I take at the games. Um, there's, it's it just, it's a great way to help out the show, become a ranter, a super ranter and, um, help out the show because I'm telling you, it, it'll make you feel good knowing that you're helping produce the Sun Ranto show tickets and beer and Crawley's memorabilia Cubs cave and, you know, uh, Michael Cotton tickets and all sorts of good stuff that will put your money to good use producing a great Cubs podcast. So please be, be involved with it patreon.com slash sunranto and you'll never hear me ask you again because I cut those all out of the show. So you'll never hear it again. 
You'll never hear this little uh, song that's playing. You'll never hear about uh, any of the uh, the advertisers that are fed us through our podcast network. You won't hear any about of it. You'll just hear Cubs talk. You won't have your time wasted, and it is really cheap. A dollar, two dollars, three dollars. If you would buy each one of us a beer at Wrigley Field, that's like the three, four dollar level. So come on, join today. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Quit screwing around. Here's the rest of the show. I'm curious if anybody else has any idea ideas out there. We got Matt well, uh, Matt and Bernie and Artie and real quick Joe and chat, Robert and a couple of great comments. Uh according you know, for the cards. You know, uh, that I was talking about and like uh, Artie called it baseball, the gathering, <laughs> which I love that. Uh, and then uh, John Pika says uh, they need to switch out the batting gloves that cannot be adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> Not that adjustable. Fucking That's great. hilarious. Um, and just so you know, I cannot see the chat, which I'm wondering if I can't see requests now. Oh, I got a couple requests. I got Artie. And I got, um, oh, I don't know if there's Bernie and Artie. Artie, I have not yet heard your uh, Cubs, Miss Carol, but Bernie. Hello. I swear to God, <laughs> when you say uh, he's not wearing any freaking pants, it sounds yeah. exactly like Shy Party Ant from the cartoon. I fucking <laughs> love it. I thought it was the funniest. I like fell out of my chair. Thank you. Hey, well, you, I remember when they first introduced him, it's like everybody said he doesn't have any pants on. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to have to use that. Plus, Ronnie Wu's our mascot, I thought. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, thank you. I, I, I take I, that girl who does that voiceover on that Netflix show does a good job as a Chicago accent. I, but I think it should have oh been God, Kathy Bernie, Griffin. You'd be so perfect for that. You know what? I'm going to call that guy that's in charge of that show. He's, in char- like, he's coming around. He's doing a, some sort of speaking gig coming up soon. Oh, I'm going to tell him because I think Kathy Griffith should have been it. Because I think that girl that does a voiceover is from Canada. But, you know, they're all comedians and all that. She, you know what? She kind of, to me, she uh, that woman, she's doing a, a Chicago accent, but it sounds a little bit too Minnesota to me. You know, It does. Say, yes, it does. I yeah, it does sound Minnesota-ish. I don't know if you guys ever saw – I mean, I know you all saw the original Blues Brothers. But in the original Blues Brothers, they kind of had a Chicago accent, but they weren't trying. They didn't make it as obvious. And then later on, they did a shitty, like, Blues Brothers movie, like a sequel. And they're overdoing the accent so bad. It's got to be a little more subtle, but I like the show. It's a good movie. So I just <laughs> wanted to say something about Cotton's. Um, whenever I hear about – I listen to MLB Network Radio all day because I miss baseball. And they keep talking about the DH. And I keep thinking of Cotton's podcast. And I agree with Cotton on this. Everybody should listen to his podcast. I don't know what episode it is. It's, but it's I the do. last one. It's it's number nine. The last one. Okay. But I agree with you. Well, do you want to elaborate about uh, what is yeah, it about? Yeah, yeah. What or Michael, you, you want to jump in? me on because – I put a lot of shit into that. That's why it took me four months. And I don't even know what you're talking about at this point. Um, actually, um, Jason Kipnis was on Elmo the other day. They were interviewing him. 
and he he said he was kind of in for the DH because it would make it competitive. Just you know, that's what he said, and he kind of liked the the guy in the second base if, on extra innings. So. And I'm like, okay, oh, but, I don't like. But that what one, did you but. agree with Michael on? It certainly wasn't those things. I just, I agree that I think that um, a pitcher, like you know, even like Lester and Rizzo, let them hit. If they can hit a home run and win a game and be monumental, go for it, and and also pitch, right? Lester, once he got the opportunity and spent a little time working at it, got to be a decent guy to go up there. I'm gonna go. I, I like. Bunting. I like the idea that Danny talks about about the uh, you have the DH as long as the pitcher can start. I think that that that's going to encourage people, and you're gonna have to then rethink that whole not gonna let them see anyone three times around. I think it makes it a lot to me more interesting. It it, it brings back strategy into the game. I, I like that better, but it's still. Uh... I don't know. Oh, and then, then look, you, look you at show. Still, you would still never get pitchers hitting. You would never get the. I mean, honestly, the the greatest game I ever saw, like live, was the extra innings. John Lester, Bunt, Jason Hayward, uh, you know, on the safety squeeze. Like it was fucking amazing, and John Lester nailed it. Like did it perfectly, uh, you know what was the the uh, oh now I'm 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 dying um, Cologne Bartolo, Bartolo Cologne, Cologne hitting the home run right you but know, but when, when you do that you're you're picking like you know the me- the memorable ones but not the 900 bad ones that Bartolo Cologne had no but my point is those memorable things never happen right so you're taking memorable parts out of the game to replace it with non-memorable parts like the DH is not memorable like really Who's the one memorable DH? It's Big Poppy, right? Like, that's it. Who else? As far as designated hitters? Yeah, that's what I did. That said. only did that. Yeah, who the, – the designated hitter that was amazing. I mean – Frank Thomas Otani? did it. Frank, Frank Thomas did it a lot. Yeah. But – did he ever make it into the playoffs? Did he ever do anything? Yeah. Oh, I guess but, he was there for the World Series, wasn't he? Yeah, so, I mean, well, the thing is, it's just like, it it, it comes down to preference. I mean, nobody's going to sit here and debate that some guy whose only job is to hit is going to be better than a pitcher who doesn't work at it at all. No, Everybody knows that that, that position right. will hit better. That is the... Yeah. agree with you there. It's just that people think that that's the only comp when in reality there's so many other things that go into the lineup. The The pitcher is actually not replaced by the DH. The pitcher is replaced by the actual worst hitter on the team. 
because he's still slightly better than a, a pitcher, but you could put it into. Well, that's not necessarily true because if, if you like Dan Vogelback, you know, like the dude, I mean, I don't know how he did the last couple of years. The league might have figured him out. But his whole thing was he was terrible in the field, but he could go up there and he could slug your home runs. Now, that is going to definitely provide for more offense. The American League has slightly more offense than the National League on average. But, it, but it's so minimal. It's minimal. It's I so agree. Fucking but minimal. It, but it exists. The OPS is higher. More home runs. But yeah, more everything. The the other it's, thing about it's it is one run but, every like five but it, fucking games. Well, I'm just I'm just pushing back because the other I thing know, that happens. And you're wrong about that. No, These are the but if you like, that hold on, do, they're hold, wrong. Hold, hold on, but how how about this argument? If you like pitchers going deep into games so much, how about the American League style of play where you do not have to make some crazy decision with second and third, two outs, and the pitcher up? You have well, to. No, I like that decision. I like. I the get fact it. That they have to make a decision I, okay, there. Okay, they got to make. Right. But I'm saying, you know, it, it, you are now taking this pitcher who's maybe rolling out of the game. And so, uh, you know, then you're not going to get some dominant in, in pitching performance. I, and I, I do agree, I, it changes the. I, A, I prefer one over the other, right? So I prefer, you know, uh, not having the DH over the other. But as I've said many, many times, the AL already has that style, and I want them to keep it. And the NL has their style, and I want them to keep it. I am not anti-DH. I am anti-one rule. So if you get rid of the DH in the AL, I think that's a fucking wrong move. That's a bad idea. You need to keep separate rules in the game because there's no other difference. It's the only league in the world that has different rules in different ballparks, and that's what makes the fucking game interesting. All we're talking about tonight is how do we make the game more interesting? Well, getting rid of the one fucking difference that we have is probably the wrong idea. Well, uh, is Matt Cameron in the room now and uh, Artie? Like, I can't tell because uh, yeah, it's not, I'm in uh, here. They, they are okay. both in the room, and I've been okay. talking over them, not allowing them to talk. Sorry, guys. I know, Artie, because you Artie, had to tell me for the 83,000th time. Dude, I feel like I've been married to you. Like, I'm just, like, hearing your stories. <laughs> like, I'm just hearing your stories for the 60th time. I'm like, well, oh, my God. I'm fucking right, Danny. I'm I can't right. wait till we get the DH and, like, you just have to shut up. <laughs> I just want well, to hear I got to tell you, though, I am excited that we're good to see Matt Cameron on Friday. Yeah, dude. How yeah. you doing? I'm great. Yeah. Just laying here trying not to fall asleep. I've been, uh, been a single dad for the last week with a fiance in Europe. Oh, yeah. She's in oh, Belgium. I've, I've been to Belgium quite a few times. Um, great beer, awesome French fries, mussels and chocolate. Hell of a country just for those reasons alone. Yeah. She uh she went for her parents moved there four months ago, so Oh, right on. So uh what, what do you have to say to about all this uh rule change stuff that we're talking about? Is that why you came into the room or you just want to say yeah, hi? Yeah, um, the whole I mean, hi. But uh <laughs> the the whole uh DH thing. at what point uh, I umpired high school and some low-level collegiate baseball at one point in my life. At what point 
did pitchers lose the ability to swing a bat? I grew up playing baseball, and the pitcher was always the best athlete on the team. And I understand that they're focused on pitching, but they're not out there throwing mound or throwing, you know, mound sessions every day. They're out there like every five days throwing a mound session. Why are they not swinging a bat the other four days? They just sit out practice. I mean, I guess probably because the only league in all of professional baseball that exists that pitchers where pitchers hit is the National League. And they're like, well, we'll just. But Matt makes a great point here. The reason that is, is because at a certain point, they, the, they, the coaches, the fucking whoever, they decide that this child is more important as a pitcher than a hitter, regardless of his athletic ability, they take away part of his game. And I'm with Matt. Well, every, what, there's more jobs on the I've team. Ever seen the pitchers, the best goddamn athlete on half the field. T- half the team is pitchers, though. If you want your kid to have a job at baseball, make him be a pitcher. Half the team is pitchers. You know, that's why they're doing I don't know. At some point, they take away the kid's ability to hit, and that's good. No, I, I, I agree because who's the ex- who's the most exciting baseball player in the major leagues right now that we never get to watch? Shohei <laughs> <laughs> Otani. I mean, seriously. I mean, the right. guy no, is the I, freaking modern I'm, day Babe Ruth. I'm with Matt. Matt, I think what happens is some adult makes a decision for this kid, and then they stop letting them hit. The kids still want to hit. They all like to hit. Kids like to hit baseballs. Yeah, they I mean, also we like to throw strikes. How about the injury concern? There's no fucking injury concern. You're much more likely to um, throw your goddamn uh, out than you are um, to fucking hurt yourself I, hitting the ball. Pedro Strope, anybody? Anybody want to talk about Pedro Strope in Washington, D.C.? That fucked that, that fuck that whole rest of that year. Oh, my God. That. A, Pedro Strope's a fucking reliever, and he should. He definitely should have been. That was all on. That was on Joe. That was on fucking Joe Madden. That was never. But here's the thing: Do you? If they get hurt, it's because they don't know what the fuck they're doing out there. Because they never practiced you, uh, it. You, you know, shit can happen out there, and it, it happens to other people too. I remember that Jimmy Nelson play of the Brewers when he went sliding back into the base and uh, screwed up his shoulder. I don't, you know, and, and oh right, and I, yeah. It, but it's still. Oh, that that game. It's pretty rare. It's pretty rare. It's way more rare than them hurting themselves. You know. Fielding a baseball. I mean, but, but, are, putting they, on we, pants. We can, are they going to start pitching behind L screens? Because some I mean, guys we, we, we can go ball. through this over and over again. There, there are other ways to improve the game. And, and one of the big problems of the game is sometimes it just moves too damn slowly. And, you know, I remember that they used to have this clock, you know, right by Wrigley Field, right out by the batter's eye in center field. And you only had a certain amount of time. It's like, I don't give a shit if Jen, John Lester is going to be a red ass or some other or Justin Verlander, whoever, whoever's going to be a red ass about it. 
take the ball, throw the damn pitches, put a, put a number down, and go with it. This constant taking forever between pitches, and I don't care if it's a pitcher or a batter. You have a certain amount of time to throw the pitch, otherwise it's a ball. And you have a okay. certain amount of time to get into the batter's box, or it's a strike. Stop fucking around with the time. That's the thing that bothers me. I don't mind being at a game for a while. What I don't like is a game where there's zero action, when there's so much dead time. That's what kills it. Okay, we got uh, John Pink. We got John Pinkus and uh, Jack is back. Hey, hold hey on, John hey, and hey, Jack. Hey, hold on. We got to let Artie talk. He's been sitting yeah. here forever. Un- and- unfor- unfortunately, I can't, uh, for whatever reason, this is not updating for me. I just kind of, because I'm the right. technically, let, well, technically the host of this room. Artie. This is your, yeah, I'm here. Your, I don't know how, how much good my Wi-Fi is at the hotel here, but so uh, yes. So let me first of all say yes, Michael. I'll see if I can come up with something. Um, I'm after at heading out of here, Atlanta. I'm going to be meeting up with Nicole, which you've you've met, um, and we'll see if we nice. can get a, a duet together. So, Losing them. But uh, hey, my questions. I don't. Are my my improvement is. I don't know if anybody has ever heard of mat ball, but mat ball basically is a variation of kickball. And instead of having a base, you have a base area, and you can have multiple people on base, and you, <laughs> you run from you run from home plate to first, but then first to third, and then third to second, and then second to home. But you're never forced to run. So you can actually have groups of players. Okay, I'm run sorry from I allowed Artie to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I, would I love to see major league caliber baseball so players hot. playing map ball? Absolutely. But, like, do that as an exhibition. Like, I would watch that. And like, MLB players playing map ball. Like, that's the stuff that, like, the outside-the-box thinking that MLB should be employing to put on TV, like actual entertaining things. You know what I mean? Not like Roberto Clemente, the, you know, or like Minnie Minoso, the Cuban comic. <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's like, dude, all the people that care about this are dead. Like, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, they just got to refresh the – so I, I like Artie's outside-the-box stop thinking. Um, who else is in this room? I like to uh, make something have more bulks because all the people, all the times the pitchers go and throw the first, that's a major slowing of the game. So I'm waiting to make bulks. the bulk even more so yeah, you have less people it. throwing to first. Okay. Yeah, throwing to first, but, I mean, there's nothing like a good pickoff. I mean, well, when there's six in the row, a lot of these though. guys are bad at it. Yeah. yeah the, the, one good at it the, the Cubs. I love it when they're like they don't show their best move, you know, like they just like toss it over there like a jerk and then whip it over later, like that's gonna work. Oh, but it also um, it does. It, you're absolutely right that it slows the game down. I'm wondering if there's a way to like limit throws over. You really couldn't do that because then the guy could just run roughshod. How, um, how about how about if the guy hasn't left the base? How many times have we seen that over the years? Where the pitcher throws to first and the guy's still standing on the base. That's a <laughs> yeah. Well, that doesn't happen too too often. Yeah, like if you do that, um, that's I don't know. Yeah. Well, what do you suggest as a balk? Well, I mean that. <laughs> no, but like base. something else. You have another idea, John? Do a four sounds out of a tag out when they go back to first because they have to tag. Uh, ooh, four yeah. out. I like that. 
Oh, but it limits the it limits the running though. Like they would get less of a lead. Well, as long as you have less throwing back, I don't know. One of those, something like that, might happen. Because then the runners would have less. Um, they would they wouldn't have as big of leads if it was a force as of a tag out. Well, we're trying to get actually in some ways we're trying to get running more into the game. Uh, for you know, so it, I guess we would. But balks are boring because the guy just trots on down there. But but yeah, somehow to like get what we're trying to do ultimately is get rid of the pickoff throw. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to get rid of like the five or six in a row. That's what I'm trying to get rid of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm maybe 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 on like on the third throw over, if you don't get them, you know, then uh, I don't know, like the first baseman has to play off. Or oh. Like well, you know, I. I I like the idea of limiting how many pickoff throws. So if the guy's thrown over three times in an inning, he can't do it anymore, and that allows the runner to know that he's not going to, you know, he can't throw over so he can get a bigger lead. Well, no, he can just freaking, uh, yeah, pretty much. Well, no, he can throw to the next base, right? Yeah. He can throw to second. He just can't throw it over to first and, you know. So then you got another fielder. You take the first baseman and you, like, play him back to, you know, for fielding. So there would be different strategy with a lefty. Like, yeah, there's a lot of repercussions. Like, it's so funny about baseball. Rule changes are weird because, you know, you change one thing and it it can affect other things. And then that's why you get those, like, weird plays where the umpire's got to stand in the middle of the field every year and figure out what the hell just happened. Um you know, like trying to figure it out on those really wacky ones. And uh, well, if you got rid of pickoffs at first and made the catchers only want to get at second, but then you made that a force out of a tag out, that might speed things up too. I just, then, what, <laughs> then who? Javi Baez is not a guy. Well, he's no longer on the team. I just, I'm, I'm just what I'm struggling with here though is, is we're trying to make things complicated when really it's a bunch of guys scratching their ass for five minutes before they decide to throw a ball. Like <laughs> yeah. I feel like if we if just the pitch clock is probably the quickest. Well, the pitch is over clock you know, we got too. Jack, Jack passed something. I don't know what the rest of his name is. Yeah, Jack, tell us how to say your name. Pestuvik, you guys are you guys got it. I'm with you. But Cotton, I love the I, I love the take on the uh, the DH. I'm I'm totally with you, and I feel like nobody's with me on this. So it's it's refreshing to hear someone's voice uh, oh, supporting. God, don't the, encourage the, the, him, Jack. It is refreshing to hear people agree with me, except for the fact that everybody fucking agrees with me, except for goddamn Danny. I've, I've heard it for 10 years. I just want you to shut up. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what you lose. You, you lose the like first, first and second, nobody out, eight guys coming up, number eight guys coming up. And you're thinking like, okay, you get this guy and we can get out of this. Like it, it, it's that, it, it's that kind of small stuff where the, the, you just lose the strategy of the game. And it's just, it's, it's, it's sad, but it, that, like, no, I, and by the way, I am totally just being devil's advocate. I love the DH. I, I mean, I hate the DH. I, I love the <laughs> Nash, I love the National League style of baseball way more than American League style. I, I like to know I, there's a rhythm to having the pitcher hit, and it's not just because he's bad. Like and, I, and I love photographing pitchers it, hitting. It's it, it's entertaining to me. It's also great, right, that there's two different styles that we get to see match up in the championship series. 
I love the idea that the Cubs beat Cleveland in part because we brought a broke ass dude off of the <laughs> off the IL to to <laughs> fucking like destroy them at their home field. You know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. That is a legend that never gets made if there's just look one at, rule. Look at the uh, Astros versus the Nationals series in uh, was 2019. All the games were won by the away team. Every single one of them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so the, so, the Nationals so come in there with their a, own rules. Yeah. So it just it, it is. I mean, I'm all for interesting baseball as well. By the but. way, you know, Matt, since you're in here, uh, here's an idea for your next series of uh, pictures that you're going to do is uh, pitchers hitting. Like, everybody wants that fucking awesome shot of Bartolo Colon hitting his home run, you know, of, uh, I don't know. Go through, there's not actually a ton of them, so it would be pretty easy to pick out, like, the biggest names getting the biggest hits. Like, Nolan Ryan hitting a fucking, you know, nice shot sometimes. Two two customers right in this room for you can get some Walter Johnson, some big trend going. <laughs> oh, well, go. I mean, and but I mean, I agree too. Like pitchers hitting, like Matt said, uh, why do they stop learning how to hit? And it's and they they it's like uh, doctors; they just get uh, specializations at some point. And maybe it you know it would make the game more interesting. I mean, I think the ship has sailed. Uh, we'll never get it. But the fact that you know nine players. Nine batters, like who knows? Maybe someday there'll be some pure, uh, some purist that will want to go back to the other way um, in the future. But I think the ship has totally sailed just because of special. So, uh, f- funny thing, Michael, uh, that you said that uh, myself and Austin Plock before the uh, before this last season began had a uh, had a plan to do a pitchers that rake piece collab together. And it was going to be uh, it was going to be Lester and Arietta, and uh, oh, you Arietta's know, home run in San Francisco. Yeah, we were gonna we were gonna we were gonna do something like that, but then uh, you know, the Cubs sucked. You, and, you yeah, know Arietta what? Though, uh, uh, Matt uh, Austin's going to be there on Friday. Is he? That's awesome. Yeah, so you guys can talk shop, and I can just sit there and be a fly on the wall. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, but that would be amazing. I just think, you know, maybe it'd be kind of fun, and I'm sure there there would probably be major league pitchers who would be like, oh, I would love to have, like, this one. You know, I I took Chapman for a single <laughs> type of a deal. Guys would love that, I think. I don't know. Yeah, it, um, it's good. So I was just going to ask if anybody else had any other ideas for – things they would like to see because the CBA is coming up and everything's going to get switched around. How about, how about this? Uh, if a pitcher walks a batter, right? Throws four balls. The batter gets to choose which position player has to come in to throw the next three pitches. Like, so there's no walk, 
He doesn't walk to the base. He just makes uh, the second baseman come over and throw him three pitches that if he gets to fucking rip on or he's out. I hit off a tee like in Little League. Uh, you know what? Th- this is where the idea came from because uh, when I was in Colorado, we actually played in a league like that. There were no walks. They would just put a tee out, and the kids would get two swings off of the tee. A lot of people got all upset. Oh, it's not baseball, blah, blah, blah. Guess what it was? Way more fun because little kids walked the shit out of people. And you would fucking sit there for, you know, like an hour in one inning, just people walking fucking around the thing, nobody swinging. But if they don't get to walk and they put the ball on the tee, then all of a sudden there's balls being hit and there's, people learning to play defense. It was way more fun. So, you know, maybe you do a T. I just feel like uh, they wouldn't like that as much. And you make, uh, you know, you make the center fielder trot all the fucking way in. Of course, that might slow the game down too. So I uh, I tattoo a, a kid that plays minor league baseball. And actually his, uh, his contract was up. So uh, with this CBA... Uh, he is technically unemployed right now, which is great for him. Um, but I tattooed him the other day and I was like, so how do you feel about all this? And, uh, we brought up the DH situation and he goes, let the DH exist in the American league. Fuck having the DH in the national league. And let's just play fucking baseball. Uh, Like, we don't need to change it. And that's how these players feel like it's just something that owners want. Oh, see, it's because they want to make the product. What more marketable, you know, the owners are trying to make more money and obviously not share it. But, um, and yeah, and these kids, people forget that these guys don't want to be in these stupid negotiations, trying to figure out how the rules are going to change and shit. They just want to go out there and freaking play. For the love of it, they do it for years and years, like Patrick Wisdom, 10 years in the minor leagues, just to get a shot that he's getting right now. You know, it's like, you're, this, you're kid right, just, this kid just got a job that. at a golf course just so he can, uh, just so he could have money to pay bills. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's an odd time for these guys. Yeah. He was just yeah. telling you that shit so you'd give him a discount. Uh, I don't right. give him a discount. <laughs> but, I, but I do. You know, he was a first-round bonus, baby. I don't give him a discount. <laughs> it, it, it does make sense. I mean, that's one thing that that just drives me insane is that the whole impetus behind rule changes is to make the game more exciting. And one of the very few things that baseball has that none of the other leagues has is this difference in – Rules And it's one single rule, but it actually changes the strategy of the game and everything. Like, imagine in basketball, if uh, in the East, you couldn't shoot threes, but in the West, you couldn't dunk. You know what I mean? Like, because then it changes how you put your teams together. And then when you bring those teams together and they're playing on their floors, like it's a different ball game. Like they have to play it different. That doesn't happen. Right. 
because it's insane. I mean, it's kind of insane that there's two different rules. I understand that. But they already made that mistake, and it just happened to be good. It happened to be a good mistake because of the interest that it creates. Look, I, I still haven't got over interleague play, okay? <laughs> Look, I agree a- with you, Matt. I, I'm, I'm with you because yeah, it really it, it waters it down. You know, when, when well, yeah. especially with the other National League teams in the East and the West, it, you're old enough to remember hating the Mets. And now it's like, ah, the Mets. You know what I mean? It doesn't have that same kind of vibe if you're seeing them at least two, well, like four series I a mean, year. But you want to go back to about, playoff teams? When you're talking about hating the Mets, though, that was something that came from the 69 Amazing Mets. And then you had the though. for a while. Yeah. Right, nice. but the you had the you had the NL East that you had for a while, but I I would say that what's going to end up happening is I think sometimes it's is that even within divisions, you know nobody ever gave a shit about the Brewers. They weren't even in the Cubs division forever, but now that rivalry has really increased. The Cardinals rivalry is still there, and, you know, and Pittsburgh just sucks. So that Milwaukee St. Louis rivalry is pretty pretty deep, man. And so I think that's fine. And I like seeing other teams come and different players. Like I basically like when I look at my schedule of games I want to go to, if I got a chance to see Otani play, I don't want to go to 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 uh the G spot field. I wanna I'm gonna freaking Wrigley Field and I wanna see Otani hit a bomb at Wrigley Field. I wanna go see some of these teams that I don't get to see all the time because I'm gonna be honest, when when Michael yells about the DH and named DHs. I never really watched a lot of American League baseball because the Cubs aren't in the American League. So, I mean, I'm not really probably the best guy to ask that type of question for. Is it somebody, maybe someone else who is more AL, more a fan of AL baseball? But I watch the Cubs. And yeah, I watch probably, teams. You're not a fan of AL baseball because it's more boring. I, I'm not. NL I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with that. I'm just NL saying I'm not. Baseball's already boring, right? Right. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm, what I'm right. saying, though, more than anything, is I like watching other teams come to Wrigley. I, I agree with that. Like, you remember that series when uh, Toronto came to town. And, like, you know, Toronto people couldn't just – I mean, Canadians in general are just the nicest freaking people in the world. Well, and I uh, can, what I a can great vibe that was to have them there. I can tell you if they go to one rule, either DH or no DH, they go to one rule, not far behind that is going to be a realigning of leagues completely. Oh yeah, I agree with that yeah, too, and, and and I think uh, there's going to be an expansion too, like the 32 teams. You know, I, it doesn't even make sense because they they've got a couple ballparks that they still can't even fill right now with a waning interest in the games, and they want to do more cities. It's like uh, talk about well, watering down a product. Actually, making a shit ton of money. Like well, even exactly. Though, like yeah. they're not filling those parks, they make money. No, it's like franchises, like open at a McDonald's next to the exit. So, it, you know, it is. It is. It's exactly the same thing. And, and it's like what we talked about uh, earlier on the regular show about how the Iowa Cubs just got bought by basically a SPAC, which is, you know, like a mutual fund of minor league baseball teams now, which you could probably be a minor investor in. You know, like it's like, you know, it's all a giant. Uh, it's all a big fake NFT, really. Um, which, by the way. How did we not know the Iowa Cubs were up for sale? Like, Fox, we we, we might have yeah been we could have you know, got together on that. Shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Crowdsource that. You know, we know some people. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, man, yeah, I, I got, got one. Then Crawley would. All right. Yeah. Did anybody else have anything else? 
Yeah, I got one. Why don't we put a clock on them fucking idiots in the replay booth? <laughs> well, I want to see them. I want to see the replay booth. Like, let's let's have that sponsored by somebody. Let's see the the guy like looking at the screen real close. You know, let's let's see that. And I, I would actually also like a little bit of explanation of some of these calls too, right. like NFL. I want to know. Yeah. I, every time they go, I want to know. Every time they go over the time limit, Joe West gets zapped in the ball with a baseball or something. <laughs> yeah, something to make it fucking interesting. Make him, make him, uh, you know, accountable. <laughs> yeah, what if Joe West retired to the replay booth? Yeah, they oh. just go to the Joe yeah. West cam. Oh. Now, now there's going to be a camera in there because he needs the attention. Yeah, dude, just <laughs> Joe West is the anything that goes to replay. Joe West decides. I don't care how long it takes. He might have, he, he's got a backlog. Of, you know, he gets like five at a time. And it's all Joe West, but you got to be able to see it, and you get a chin cam. You get a, yeah, a POV from his chin. Which one? Six country songs. I was going to say it's just a soundtrack of his country songs playing as we stare at him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, the future is bleak, fellas. <laughs> yeah. No, my, I, I agree with John. There needs to be a time limit. But on top of that, all the replays need to be done at full speed. If you can tell that there's been a mistake at full speed, then it should be overturned. And if you can't tell that there's been a mistake – at full speed, then leave it how it was. Absolutely. We would have lost to the Nationals in the NLDS. I don't fucking care. Like, all these people, like, bring up these – you remember that one time, that one single moment? You know, this was brought up before. I heard this uh, before. It was Brian Billick, and Brian Billick uh, was the football coach of the Ravens for many years, head coach, and he was on the committee for replay – as far as uh, in football is concerned, and that's exactly what he said, is that the point of replay was to correct egregious calls, not to be looking at a call 27 different camera angles at, at 10 one-hundredths of a, of a second. If you can't tell it right away, it was for egregious calls, not for the guy's pinky toe went off the base by one quarter of an inch. Like it's that not changes, supposed to be that. It changes actual reality. Right, the the reality of a freeze frame slow mo is different than the reality of a full speed whatever. Because, like you said, Carly, that fucking little minor bounce off of the base where you can sort of see through, that's enough to call a guy out now. Where that's not the reality of what we saw on the field. And you know what? One other thing they should do about instant replays they should have like a committee of fans people that like watch baseball pretty much on tv all the time and just like do a nelson ratings type thing vote up yes or no you know out safe or whatever so i'll, I'll tell you this that I, would never uh, work. I went to the big 12 school of umpiring uh one summer and they actually taught us when that shortstop comes across second base and he's just sweeping if he's in the area, you just call him out. Neighborhood play, like, yeah. Yeah, it's just the neighborhood. Like, it, and that doesn't exist today because of replay. Yep. Yeah, and it is because of replay. You're right. 
Yeah, and, and and you've seen it a million times. Be egregious, like it's it's almost impossible to remember a pre-replay world, and it's not really been with us all that long. A couple of years only, right? I mean, yeah. what was it? Seventeen? You know, the other thing, the other thing here, but but let's let's be let's be honest, as Cub fans, and Danny, you and I have gone to a lot of games for a lot of years. The tricky thing about it, though, at Wrigley. Is that like it was all kind of subjective because you didn't have a big screen like a jumbo? Yeah, we never knew what the hell happened. We didn't even, (laughs) you know, have the and before the internet, like you know, some weird plays you would have no clue at all. You know, like wait, why did why was it bases loaded with no outs and now they're changing sides? You know, you would you're like, what happened on that triple play? Like I saw it, but I don't. You would sit there and be arguing calls that you never even saw within like. Fucking not even close. Like, That's bullshit. Call him, and you're not even. You can't see shit. Yeah. <laughs> yelling from the bleachers. <laughs> Replay came into effect because of that Galarraga uh, no hitter perfect game up in uh, Detroit, right? Jim Joyce. Yes. Call? Yeah. Correct. Yes. Oh my god, that motherfucker. That was horrendous. I mean, and that was an egregious call. <laughs> yeah, that was egregious. Yeah, that you could have figured that out full speed. But it's not like Gallo. You know what? And they should just give him the perfect game now. Like it should just be in it. I mean, I know it's not exactly, but they should at least asterisk it in baseball reference. Just give it to the Galarraga we all remember, Andres. <laughs> Big cat. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> You're like Andres Galarraga pitched a game. Um, <laughs> not only did he pitch, son, he pitched a perfect game. <laughs> but uh no i mean and and i i i like it i mean but the other thing about it is like there's the fan out there being like well no get the call correct like it, you know if he did come off the base even a little bit then he should be out you know at that point because that is the correct call like and but at that point i'm like well, they just put sensors in the bases and sensors in their gloves and have the computer know you came off the base. Like, I can play Nintendo Wii and it knows, like, how I bowled, you know. Like, you tell me there's not more advanced tech where you can, where you have just sensors and everything and you know when a contact, you know, This comes is, again, off. this is, again, this, making this things is complicated. Rocket advocating yeah. for censorship. <laughs> but I, 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 I'm, I'm going S, to be on I'm going to argue here another one here that that I think that umpires, if you are at home plate and it's a check swing, you should be able to appeal to the uh, first or third base ump. I think that rule is one of the dumbest in baseballs, that the guy that has the best angle doesn't have an opportunity to make a call because somebody's being a hard ass, a red ass. Well, how about how about a replay of that? Because there's an actual like swing plane, but it's all about breaking your wrists too. Like there's no, there's nothing that justifies like uh, a swing. Like there's sometimes where a guy's got his, the bat is on his shoulder, but his entire body, his entire body has swung, but the bat has not. You know what I mean? And like there's those kind of situations, and I know it's totally subjective, but like then you have to define a swing. Are you okay with that? Like it means that. The bat breaks the plane of what a ninety degree angle, so that it's just you know like what is that? Can you review it at that? I, yeah, I think what he's just I think just think what he's saying is that the, the that guy's guy ninety feet right away behind it can't make that call. Right, and some guy, it's sometimes it's an ump show, and the guy's like, no, I can see it, it's fine, and like, it, sometimes it's wrong, and the other guy has a better angle, 
but he's also 90 feet away, and bat swings are fast. So I'm not going <laughs> to – Sometimes yeah. he's not even paying attention. How many times have we actually seen somebody just like – Yeah, just zoning out out there. But but here's – but can you then define a swing at that point and say, no, it's got to go in front of the plate or it's got to – break the 90 degree angle of the guy's body or like wherever you're measuring from, you have to define it. And then can you review that at that point? Crawley just saying you, you're allowed to appeal down. Just appeal. That's all I want is an appeal. That's all. Just let someone else come in there and, and let him be the arbitrator of that call. Cause check swings. I mean, we've seen many a game end on a controversial check swing. I don't know about many. Right. Yeah. There's only the, no, not there's end, but the playoffs or whatever the fuck it was. Or the Schwarber one. Like you said, Michael, sometimes people bring up the big one, but not the million times it doesn't happen. But you never know, like, what those weird calls were like. That was a bullshit call in the fourth inning with two on. And, like, let's say that had gone the other way. Like, and then he hits a home run on the next one. Like, you know, it's, it's all like, you know, each each – it's a game of ticks, you know, so, like, if you get that one extra chance, it could, it could be meaningful. I don't think it's going to be overwhelmingly meaningful. I, I don't want to overcomplicate things either. I, again, I think it, it's – when you talk about improving the game, just start with speeding it up. Yeah, and, and Carl, you're right. Don't overcomplicate it. It needs to simplify. Like, it really does need to simplify. Less rules makes for a better product, I think. And for me, it all comes down to action on the field. And they can literally clock that stuff now where they can sit there and they'd be like, yeah, there's like 35 minutes of their game where there's literally nothing happening. Well, no no offense. Who wants to sit for 30 minutes and watch nothing happen? And now that there's so much more dead time, how the fuck – why don't we have Morgana the kissing bandit anymore? I mean, she would – Because it's a felony. It's a today. felony. She would be arrested and brought up on terrorism charges. She'd end up in the, whatever they'd have as Guantanamo, some black site somewhere. You know, uh, no. It's, Dude, I, I watched a video today. Some asshole came out on a, uh, a women's soccer pitch, and uh, Sam Kerr, one of the greatest players in the game, decked this dude, just hit him with her shoulder and dropped him to the ground. And the fucking uh, ref gave her a yellow card, like penalized her for hitting a dude that wasn't even supposed to be on the field. It was crazy. But it was fun. I loved seeing it. And I would love to see, uh, you know, maybe Morgana run out to Ryan Sandberg and Ryan Sandberg hit her with the shoulder instead of kissing her. (laughs) Well... I think we finally jumped the shark on baseball <laughs> ideas for the new CBA. I'd like uh, to get that soccer player to come wrestle for the wrestling company I work for. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. he did go down like a fucking pro wrestler. So um, anybody else have anything? Uh, we, we're uh, well into – Looks like Jack has something he wants to say there. Jack, yeah, come on in. Yeah, We haven't heard no, enough from you tonight. <laughs> it's, it's our fault. No. <laughs> No, no, on the uh, on that point, I mean, all all this stuff like combined, it's like I think the league thinks that 
like shaving 10, 15 minutes off a baseball game is going to get more people to watch. And I, I'm sure they give out their surveys or whatever shit they send. And, and that's what people tell them. They say, Oh, I'd like baseball if it were shorter. But like realistically, like the thought that we're all of a sudden going to appeal to, to more fans if, if 10 minutes get shaved off the game, I, I think is kind of ridiculous. I mean, is, is it, so on, on that, this is, that's kind of what I keep saying is dead time. There's a difference between length of game and lack of action. There's nobody that's going to complain about, what was it, the 23-22 Cubs versus Phillies in the 70s or, or the Sandberg game. I forget how many innings that went. There was a lot of action going on the entire time. It's, it's the other stuff where, where nothing's happening, where you can go like, like all this time without any balls being put in play or any action even happening or the fielders even moving. Yeah, you know, that, that's right. If there's stuff that you could do to, to limit that, it, for, for me, like the, the annoying rule changes are the three pitcher minimum, which teams get around. I mean, like, like I, I think, I think I read at the end of the season that that rule change actually, once you compared it to the increase in review time, it netted to zero or, or, or something like it, it's, it's those rule changes that like change the, change the game. I mean, I'm all for if you, if you want to stop the guy from scratching his balls before he pitches every time, like, like that kind of stuff. Sure. But the, the actual rule changes that the thought that having that, that the three pitcher minimum is, is going to make a, the three better minimum is going to make a meaningful difference in people watching the oh, game. Oh, I'm yeah. telling you, it, it makes a meaningful difference. It, it really, yeah. it, it, when you would sit there, like I said, and you go to a game, and I've seen games where there have literally been anywhere from two to four pitching changes in one half of an inning. That half an inning takes longer than the previous three or four innings. It, it's yeah, absolutely but, brutal. But I think Jack, what Jack's saying is just like one rule eliminating. 35 seconds of something isn't going to change how many people come in. And, and so I'd have I, to actually, look at- I agree with both of you. I actually, Carly, I do like the three pitcher minimum. Batter, batter minimum. Though, three batter oh, yeah, minimum. Three, <laughs> the three pitcher minimum. We're going to slow this fucker to a crawl. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the three batter minimum. I actually kind of do. I like it in theory. Um, it, but like Jack said, it didn't change that much. But one doesn't necessarily equate to another. So if in that True. same game, um, guys are literally taking, you know, all these pitches, or there could be other th- factors influencing the speed of game. Maybe uh, that that you know that aren't related. So maybe if you combine that with the pitch clock, all of a sudden you could see a drastic drop off. I'm just saying there's no way that that doesn't increase the game when you don't. Like I said. Old guy comes out, some guy comes slowly walking in, takes 20 to 25 pitches, now he's ready, he faces a batter, and then you do that again. There's no way that that, 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 that doesn't increase the time of that game. Uh, how about, uh, you want simple ideas? Uh, we're looking for the simplest ideas. How about they just play faster? Like, you have somebody <laughs> on, you literally have somebody out there who's on the field that is just telling everybody to go. Just keep going, oh, like a hey. motivational speaker, so, like a Richard Simmons. How about or something like Crowley? You're like, speed it up, dude. Each, I'm dying here. How about, how about a, letting amphetamines back in? Yeah, more if one there you go. gets chosen to yell, 
Hurry the fuck up. I'm telling you. You know what? Actually, that's a great point. That is a great point, Crawley, because, you know, back in the day when the games were fast, these guys were all on ephedrine and taking speed and stuff, cocaine. Right. You, you, would, you would have a – Let's go. You would, you would have a bowl of greenies, and everyone would pop a bunch. And I forget which, which guy, which stolen base guy wouldn't want to – I think it was Tim Raines who wouldn't slide – uh, feet first. He always slide head first because he had a vial of cocaine in his back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That, that's when speed was in the game. Was when speed was in the game. Right. And, you know. And but and it's not lost on me that what is the most popular recreational drug right now? Marijuana, without a doubt. So all these dudes, once they hit the majors, they don't get tested for it. Now the minor leagues don't get tested for it because everybody was probably testing positive they're like oh we gotta do something and so now these guys are fucking taking edibles and be like it puts me in the zone man i'm fucking better and maybe they are but it's fucking boring and nobody wants to watch watch a bunch of old people play baseball after the third scratch they forgot what they were doing and they have to start all over again (laughs) maybe that's what's going on out there they're they're like and the and the catcher has to go out there and check the sides with the pitcher it's all because they forgot (laughs) (laughs) that's why they need the cars that massive they went to that uh massive dispensary right where uh what was it john barleycorn used to be Did you see that thing, Danny? Starbucks. I've not been down that far. Oh my god, dude! It's 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 massive. I'm like sitting like, holy shit! I I tell you, I have not I have not been to a dispensary in Chicago yet. I I used to fight for legal weed and like raise money for uh, national organization of for the reform of marijuana laws, normal, and do all this stuff and like. You know, it's just like finally they have it, but it's so expensive. You know what I mean? Like they have they have all these taxes on it, and it's so it's like not happening in the freedom way that I wanted it to happen ever. You know what I mean? So I I haven't been um, in there. Have you been in? But you don't smoke weed. No, I just checked it from the outside. We went to Elfed Up for a little bit and had a couple drinks and got Elfed Up ourselves. And then, uh, but we're walking back, you know, and I was, we met some people from Arizona and I was giving them the old tour of places around, you know, Clark and stuff like that. And and just, you know, you remember, I don't know if you remember the old wild hair and a couple of the other crazy places that used to be around back in the day. Uh, You know, and and all of a sudden, like I said, that barley corn was like, you know, a crazy dance club upstairs and downstairs, you chill and drink. And, and then you had, um, they used to have the old the Billy Goat Tavern was a couple door, doors down. Is it like a, a line for? Is it like an Apple Store for weed? That's what I'm imagining. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you are dead on there. Yeah, I, I didn't like even have to there, go like, to know just, that it looks like that. Isn't that funny? <laughs> no, I do. It totally looks like that. It totally looks like. Oh, it's it's weird. <laughs> That's what LA looks yeah, like. Yeah, the weird the weirdest the weirdest part about buying weed at a store is that nobody wants to, like, have a conversation with you when you're done buying it. <laughs> well, no, I think that's just you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you used to have to go in and, like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be here for 45 minutes sitting on the couch talking to this oh, oh, I get you. Dad. Oh, yeah, because the guy can't, God come over and be like, hey, man, can I get a beer? <laughs> 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 yeah, sure. Here's a... 
So when you go in and you buy the dispensary, you're like, wait, we're done already? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's funny. My, uh, I, I guess I was almost going to tell a story, but I will. I will stop myself. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, we should probably cut it off. Yeah, finally, it's getting. It's going to dangerous places. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. No, it almost just did. So I was just like, oh, well, well, all right. Never mind about that. <laughs> um, that 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 for that story, you've got to hang out with me in person. So come to Cubs Caroling on Saturday, and I'll tell you yeah. the story of uh, of what I was just going to say. If I can, uh, remember, if I we're can not going to remember that, that, dude. We're totally yeah, exactly. That. Yeah, what story you can tell? I don't fucking know. What what crazy story you want to hear? I'll tell you. Right, whatever. pick one. <laughs> yeah, pick one. We, we we should literally do that one day. Is make like a wheel, like a wheel of fortune. It's a wheel of crazy stories, and wherever it lands, you get to. Yeah, all right, man. Let's go with that one then. Well, we, you know, you see the name of this show, right? Locked out of baseball. So uh, we we might have to come up with uh, lots of things to do like that. Oh, if, we landed on no Kay's season. Karaoke Bar. Okay, we're going with that. Up, oh, we landed on Danny yeah. on a scooter. Okay, let's go with that. <laughs> oh, Kay's. Uh, all right. Well, um, yeah, we should probably end the room. Anybody have anything else to say about uh, any of this? I mean, because if you do, I'll, I'll hang out. Like, I really don't have a problem with hanging out. I've really got nothing else going on tonight. So probably should practice uh, some uh, partridge in a pear tree for yeah, the get Patrick those, Wisdom get, get event. Yeah, get going, dude. We, we're, we're down to yeah. – we're about 48 hours away from uh, a Matt Cameron or a Christmas special. Oh, God. This is this is going to be quite the weekend. We got Matt. We got uh, Cubs caroling. Oh, it's going to be a blast. You know, it's just bad when it's a Tuesday and Stuart McVicker sending you a text saying your liver is going to be destroyed this weekend. <laughs> you know, I kind of I saw that there was going to be rain and I was and I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I should get a cab out there. This one feels like it might be special and that I might be super hungover at my own event the next day. Dave, Dave Arnold has a extra bed in his room. I'm driving home at starting 5 a.m. the next morning, so I'm definitely not getting wrecked. Um, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I've uh, I've got a 10-year-old and an 11-year-old coming with me, so. Oh, so. okay, so they'll, they'll have to keep you honest. To, well, well, they can be, drive, right? You're from St. Louis. They got yeah, licenses I mean, by now. Yeah, I mean, they're, together they're 21. Yeah, they uh, Danny's met them. They're wilder than I am. Yeah, they are really. I've, I've met uh, McCubs kind of. No, oh. no, not, no, no. You, you haven't no, met. No, she's my, the older one. Yeah, you met my eighteen-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, guys, uh, I've had a great time hanging out with everybody. Uh, thanks for everybody that stuck around and tuned in and talked on here and uh happy birthday john pinkus i see i see he's still here i don't know if that's true because my thing isn't updating but yeah, happy birthday here. john thank you happy okay. birthday buddy. yeah um so uh spagog everybody and uh i'll i'll see some of you friday see some see of you friday. saturday and um uh hasta luego spagog go cubs I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, 
and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Fail Better. David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <laughs> 